Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whoa. And um, that is our new theme song. I com- commissioned, I went on Fiverr and I paid $5 for someone <laughs> to make this a song. And I said, just accent my name because that's if the I made more $5 important off that, I'm going to be writing a lot of songs soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes M uh, will text me or will Venmo me and does this to like a lot of their friends, like Venmo, like um, ugly tax, one cent. And, uh, and you I, pay like, it every time, my friend. So I think I put you. it on Instagram, and then like five minutes later, I was like, "Well, you repost it." It was like, "Well, she paid for it." And I was like, "You know what? You're right." Like I can't say, <laughs> "Wow, how dare you?" Like if I'm the one paying yeah. the tax, you know. It sounds like it was a reasonable fare and a reasonable. Uh, it was a reasonable price for it a reasonable was. reason. And you said, "All right, here I go." Cha-ching. I said, "Fine, here's a cent." Um, yeah, ugly tax, straight tax. <laughs> well, now I can't. Yeah. I can't charge you straight tax. If anything, I owe you fifty percent back. So. Oh my god, I'm gonna start charging you for yeah. your. Uh, yeah, for but your anytime I've got a, a straight friend, they about once a month they. I used to they, get. A, uh, I used to. Get what a if I just said that I was? What if I said I was by just to avoid the one cent tax that you used to send me every month? This I, is like honestly, me evading this a, ta- this you're evading a, tax law. You're a venture capitalist or whatever it is. I, that sounds like right. <laughs> that's, that's entrepreneurship. Right. Oh, thank you. Oh, probably How saved a whole nickel by now. I uh, honestly, and I'm gonna spend it. That shiny nickel. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, how am I? <laughs> um, same. Yeah, I we're I'm good now. I've been in a bit of a hole for the last few weeks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot going on. Nothing like super dire. I think everything just felt like it was coming in at once and I've been very overwhelmed and I feel like I haven't gotten to sit and fucking relax. And yeah, it's that's, it's fucking yeah. Scorpio season, let's be clear. Um, Man, they always showing. do it to us. Yeah, it's showing. She's rearing her ugly head. Um, ugly tax, one penny, ugly please. Tax. Pay it up, pay it up, Scorpios. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I feel like I haven't really gotten like any time to breathe lately. And then in a couple days, I'm about to be gone for like 
two weeks because I'm traveling. We, I feel like I've, I've got a wedding, then I'm seeing other people, and then I've got Thanksgiving. It's just, it, it just never ends. So, yeah, yeah. A little bit of um, treading water until I drown is how I feel currently. Treading water is a good way to put it. Yeah, that is what I feel as well. Um, yes. I have a chaotic reason for why I drink. Okay, tell me. Um, because, which, like, if you, hang on, how am I going to phrase this? Oh, God. Hmm. So, uh, last night was the first night in a while I've actually had, like, a second to breathe. Well, not really, but I had some time. <laughs> some time, but I found a way to use it very unwisely, which is I found a new hyperfixation, oh, and boy. it is the Waffle House marking system for their menu, where... What? Okay, I'm glad you don't know. And if you ever I was worked just in- at a Waffle House too, so I'm like primed for this information. I'm ready, Christine. Mm. It's fucking crazy pants. Okay, so um, if you if you work at Waffle House, can you please like send me like a full cheat sheet <laughs> okay. because I want to memorize the entire thing. But you know how like <laughs> usually like at a restaurant, usually there's like a POS system where they just like write on the ticket like what you ordered. Sure. They have code like secret code. Maybe not so secret, but um, they don't write anything down. They use their own ingredients and and like put it on, and put random like butter packets and jelly packets all arranged a certain way on a plate, and that's how they tell the cook what to make. No, so like one butter packet means like a waffle, two stacked on top of each other means a double stack, one upside down means. And they're like, it's fucking crazy, by the way. Like, that's the most normal information I'm about to give you. If you put a butter pack with a jelly packet on it, that means um, it could mean either blueberry waffle or it could mean dry toast. Or if you, put a, if you put a ketchup packet horizontal, it means you want a steak. But if you have it vertical on the left side of the plate versus the right side of the plate, it means different things. Doesn't it if you slide put, around? I guess not. If you want, if you put pickles if you're looking at a plate and you put pickles on the top of the plate, like uh, north, if you okay. that means ham. If you put it east, it's sausage. If you put it south, it's bacon. And if you put it west, it means this sounds no like meat at you've all. You've been la- locked in a basement for too long, and like <laughs> you're you've come up with like an entire world in your own mind. And, like, like wherever you put wherever you put the jelly packet, there's like five different pl- locations on the plate to tell you how you want your eggs cooked. If you do it a different way, it like implies, <laughs> if you put the, if you put a mayonnaise packet one direction or on one side, it means chicken. If you flip it over, it means something else. It's like, it's the this craziest. Is I mean, you're right. I've never heard of such a thing. How did, is this a, is this a TikTok revelation? Reddit? How did you discover this? Uh, it had to be TikTok, but also, I is is the like mafia like the Waffle House mafia gonna like silence the you? Waffia? For... The mafia is the mafia <laughs> gonna silence you for sharing their secrets? Like is I won't be silenced by the mafia. I will tell you that. Okay, all right. Well, watch it. Watch yourself because um, I will be silenced, and I don't feel like it right now. So, so I found a couple cheat sheets uh, for people who like work there, and I guess it's like always posted over the grill or something. Found a couple of those, memorized them. Now I'm trying to like, now I'm trying to learn every single little thing. I want to learn. I want to learn the whole thing. For what reason? None. Also, if you, apparently that's just for the people cooking, but then if you write it down a certain way, they write it down really fast, but it's also its own complete different jargon. Like it doesn't just say fucking eggs and bacon. It's like, there's a whole like script that they write and it's in crazy (laughs) words. 
so Waffle House is just as fucking bonkers as we all thought. Okay. I mean, yeah, I feel like this is uh, enlightening, but also, yeah, like you said, not surprising necessarily. Yeah. It feels like Waffle House this entire time. It's like it's like it's all connected because I'm feeling like (sighs) Waffle House has always been run by people who are their best and worst at 3 a.m. And now it's just making even more sense in their business practices because yeah, like, it's sort of like they've they've evolved or devolved into their own language. And it's like, it's well, like if, what did we expect? They had a troll hole and they were like, we're going to write it in code. And then they right. just really committed to and it. And everyone was so, like, you don't have to do that. You can write blueberry waffle. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's too easy. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's my reason why I drink is because this week's hyperfixation is the Waffle House marking code. Um, I'm very impressed. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, thank you. Why do you drink, Christine? I think I've got myself a, a, a guess. <laughs> no? Here we go. Let's t- take it away. <sighs> I'm so tired. I'm so, I'm so, okay. We had a big project. Okay. <laughs> M is, that's what M is referring to. We had a big project. You'll hear about it later. So that was finally the deadline was approaching. It was really stressful. We were not sleeping. We were up all night. Blah, 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 blah. Literally the day that this project was due the next morning i had to drive to pittsburgh for a live show with zandy for beachy sandy which was a delight of course then the next day was nashville but like of course i had to prepare my notes for both of those so then we drove nine hours from pittsburgh to nashville then the next morning i drove back home and then the next morning i had to drive to columbus for a wedding and we're driving up there Everything's fine and good. And all of a sudden, my car starts making this horrible shrieking siren sound. And I look <laughs> at the dash and it says, I can read it to you. It says, brake failure, pull over safely. And I'm like, I'm going 75 miles per hour on, the, on I-71. And you're telling me, and by 75, were you going 90? Obviously. And okay. so <laughs> I was driving and I'm like in the middle lane. There's tons of traffic. And so I like go to slow down and I'm like, oh, the brakes just don't. Okay. So they're not doing anything. The brakes just don't do anything. So Blaze is like, push the e-brake. So I press the e-brake. Fucking nothing. It's like, pull over. And I'm like, if the person in front of me slows down even five miles an hour, like we're collision court. Like there's no stopping the car. I'm hitting the e-brake. I'm trying to brake the car. Literally nothing. It's not letting me. It's. I mean, it's a, it's a an actual nightmare you went through because it's one I, of those stress dreams we've probably all had where like the brakes stop working and it feels like why would that ever happen well it did and um not to give everyone anxiety because it ended up being fine um i don't really freak out during like an, a crisis i'm very much like i just kind of go into like problem solving mode so i'm like well okay this wedding and I, you know it's so funny it's not funny at all that's why i'm not laughing but <laughs> five minutes before i had said to blaze this i said i'm so tired i can barely like like I don't even know how I'm like not sick or collapsing and he goes well you know we don't have to go to the wedding we can like send our and I said this is the only thing I've been looking forward to for almost a month like we're going to this wedding and he goes okay Christine I wasn't like just 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 offering it right five minutes (laughs) later my breaks are yeah easy we're on our way we're halfway there literally (laughs) it was 49 minutes from Columbus 49 minutes from my house we're literal halfway point my car just goes actually we don't want to want you're not going to be able to stop now so i do that thing that you see or think about or if you're me you constantly think about where trucks have to go pull off and like use one of those ramps to like stop Mm -hmm. themselves when the brakes fail so i'm like 
trying to get off the highway, it's like tons of traffic. And I like Which by the way is the one thing I definitely wouldn't have done because my thought would have been, oh, if I get off on a ramp and now I'm like, there's a red light. Like, I'm just going to drive right into a red light. No, it wasn't like... a real ramp. It was like grass. It oh. was a farm. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh. I just got to get off the highway. Otherwise, I'm okay. going to crash. That, honestly, like, whatever, whoever is in charge of the cosmos, they were looking out for you there. Because that's, yeah. Yeah. that's well, crazy. I, I mean, it was just like long stretch of highway. I was like, I got to pull over the shoulder. So I'm like, gone merging trying i'm like sorry guys i know i'm cutting everyone off because my car is not in my control anymore i'm jesus take the wheel nope he's not here so here i go (laughs) and so i just (laughs) veered off into the grass and we just had to fucking roll the car until it was slow enough that i could put it in park like because the car won't go into park obviously if it's rolling so you just to be clear you so you just found at the perfect time of a whole field to just drive through and no no it wasn't down. a field it was just like the shoulder like i just went along oh. the shoulder for oh, like whoa, 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 a whoa. mile and i was like i'm just gonna have to keep driving along the shoulder <laughs> eva just said that is insane i'm so glad you're okay she's <laughs> yeah. like is that why in your be real you posted you at a wedding and said we almost died on the way here i was like oh yeah 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 that's why i said that. um anyway it was also you really were so bad. fried mentally you had to have thought that this was just a dream were you just like pressing your hand a million I was. times no i literally was and then i went to the wedding and i was like this all feels like some weird fever dream the night before the wedding where i'm just like inventing right. all this stress right no was real and then my brother had to like get up drive to meet us the tow truck oh that's the other thing i pressed the fucking sos button that comes with the car Didn't fucking work. crickets she <gasps> so no she answers the phone it's not even that it's worse than that she answers the phone and she's like emergency is everyone okay and i said um yeah you know we're all fine but like the brakes failed and the car's off because if i turn the car on it just starts rolling and like we don't know what to do and there's like a pause and she goes is anyone there who can hear me and i'm like yes i can oh. hear you i'm right here and she goes i think they hung up on me and she's talking to her coworkers. i'm like girl <laughs> i'm screaming i'm right here and she's like man like blah 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 and she's like bitching and i'm like i'm right here like what if i was dead and i wasn't answering you because i was yeah dead? by like, the way why yeah, are isn't you- that like isn't your first assumption if you're the SOS that if you don't hear anything, call a fucking ambulance? I'm like, clearly, and it sent my location. I'm like, I'm clearly on the side of the road. Like, so she goes, I've dispatched police. And I was like, okay, well, at least she dispatched police. Bullshit. They never came. Nobody ever came. (gasps) You got to get with the winning team. You got to, you got to be team Subaru. I've never had a problem with my Subi. I don't think that's true. I've heard some, some. What have you heard? She has gone through it all. And she's Well, you've, I guess you've put her through a lot. Maybe that's yeah, I'm I'm the worst thing that ever happened to her. So <laughs> no, just like yeah. you. <laughs> for once in for once in a relationship, I'm not the toxic one. Um, with this car, so I, it's nice, you know, in that way. No, and I I like seriously do not want to put them on blast because again, like I'm so proud of my car. I love her so much. She's my best friend, and I've driven her all through the U.S. already. Okay, and she's nailed it. But she had some sort of sensor failure, and um. Something bad happened. So anyway, I, she's coming back to me tomorrow, and I'm only a little bit afraid. Uh, but I know gonna I was like, going to say, do you have PTSD now? Of no, your of I would I would like I think it would be very normal to be nervous to get in a car now. Wonder if your brakes uh, are going to fail every time. Only if Leah. I mean, not to put like more just, in your if head. It's just me. I'd be like, eh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, it's be fine. fine. 
they're gonna fix it because they know if something does happen they're in big fucking trouble so i think they're gonna take every measure to fix it and you know when i got it there was already an issue with like the trunk sensor i think the whole Mm -hmm. sensor thing on this car has to be i think they're replacing the whole sensor i think something it was a little too big for its britches with all this fancy new equipment you know yeah i'd be like throw an extra sensor in there just in case this one also fails throw a few sensors in there Um, and make sure the e-brake works just in case you know um (laughs) so anyway it was just like really ridiculously chaotic and like silly it was like the last day i was like this is finally something fun i get to go do you know just a quick drive with my with my wonderful partner we can drive up have a nice solo night and then all of a sudden we're straight on the side of the highway i'm walking to the way station um to go pee in the porta potty because you know there's too many cars to pee on the side of the road it was just like one of those days and um i'm just really like i feel like oh and then the next morning i woke up and i had a dream that i had got a cold sore and i woke up and was like phew that was just a dream and then i just got like burst out in my my herpes Simplex. oh gosh just, well i uh i just like you <laughs> know you... when you have like an inflammatory response well i do because uh-huh. i have an I inflammatory sure illness so my whole body just went like berserk and now everything is upside down and topsy-turvy i have like cold sores all over my face i'm like oh anyway i'm just like having a day and a girl time and a you week. need a nap that's number one i do i just don't have time you know i have a baby and all this nonsense that takes up a lot of my time but Oh, and um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just complaining now. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm back. That's... Oh, okay. Here with you now. And I'm going to have one of these old fashioned lemon drops from Jungle Gyms. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, if we need oh. a transition, Eva told us to talk about something, which is that apparently there have been some issues with people's podcast platforms that they listen on where they'll write in and say like, oh, there's something wrong with the editing. And then once you refresh or redownload your podcast player, you know, whichever player you use, it'll kind of fix the problem. And this seems to be increasing. I don't know if these platforms are like uh, updating, getting funky, getting getting glitchy. Uh, But for whatever reason, that seems to keep happening. So we wanted to give you a little PSA. Like if something sounds wonky, um, it, it might be your podcast player. So just try closing out, refreshing, redownloading, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. PSA. One last. Uh, also wear your seatbelt just in case. Oh, okay. Uh, and one last other announcement. Kind of big one. What? Girl, we're going on tour. Oh, right. That. It just feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again. Hang on. I'm going to go. Start over. Start over. We're going on tour. We're going on tour. I'm so excited, actually. It's going to be a fucking blast. We're going to Salem. Beverly, technically. But I've never been to Salem. I'm very excited for you. I'm so excited. I can't wait to be your official tour guide. I'm Eva's also going to be your tour guide. You are in good hands. Are you guys going to be debating over who gets to be my tour guide? Uh, Eva can do it. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. <laughs> but like, if you like, maybe we'll easy. maybe we'll tag team it. You get an Eva day and an M day, and we'll we'll see who who you know. I can't you, wait. I'm just so excited. And oh, Eva says she already has a Google Doc, so I think you're falling behind. Sorry. I mean, sorry. We sometimes, sometimes you don't need we... an Excel sheet to have fun. Am I right? Oh, really? <laughs> just I'm saying. Not... Uh, just I'm... saying, Eva. Well, it'll I be don't... a it'll be a. 
a duel for us, I suppose. A Salem <laughs> don't need duel. an Excel sheet to have fun. You heard it here first. <laughs> My girlfriend would disagree. She uh, loves an say, Excel sheet. I know Allison, and she used to take Saturday morning Excel classes. Okay, so she's she's her own person and i love her for who she is okay we're going on tour everybody and we've got 16 shows uh, we didn't plan this but apparently it's a whole northeast tour didn't see that coming no <laughs> but, it, uh, it really is just like its own i don't know animal. how that happened its own beast yeah, we were we're testing new markets as they say and apparently what that means is we're going to the northeast um yeah well and also indianapolis which i feel like and that one. they've gotten sha- the shaft so many times because when the last tour i forget what happened oh well with 2020 and then their show like just never got yeah. rescheduled so like that would be the one that deserves it the most i think we've skipped um, them so many times so they finally have their moment knock on wood hopefully and but if yeah. you would like to um, get tickets, you can at our website, and that's why we drink.com. And we hope to see you there. And if you can't make it for some reason, we will see you in the fall, but it will be a different tour. So if you want right, to this see is your last. If you want to see our current show on the rocks, which is not the same as Here for the Booze, Here for the Booze was us investigating the Queen Mary. Here for the Booze um, is old news, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Old, old news here for the booze. Okay. I'm sorry. Mm. If you want to see On the Rocks, you have until the end of this tour. And then if you want to come to a, another tour, then we'll see you in the fall. We'll see you in the fall, hopefully. Let's see how we <laughs> how we survive this first tour. But yes. Uh, Maybe it'll it's be in, in the, the Southwest spring. since it's... apparently this is the Northeast. So I don't know. Apparently so. Yeah. Texas was like, what the fuck? And we were like, listen, we don't know. I'm sorry. We yeah. didn't do this. New York, okay. Texas. I was looking for all of it and it didn't. didn't. My Whatever. Bad. We'll see you in the fall, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. But no promises because, again, we don't control it. Um, but anyway, wanted to say that because we're famous for telling you that we're going on tour with like one date left so that's that's um, true so please please come and we'll probably be making announcements throughout the next couple episodes just so to make sure everybody knows so with that uh i christine and christine shoulders and that black tank top we all love are ready to (laughs) uh tell you a story now that 20 minutes have passed are you ready christine i'm so my uh you can see my moth now when I wear this. Oh my god, you're um, flexing, Christine! Stop! I'm like getting bothered. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. My you flexing absolutely. is not something I'm able to do, but yeah, sure, flexing. Ever, yeah, by the way, fun. ever since I mentioned your shoulders, I'm not trying to like, you know, sexualize you at all. But a lot of people have been writing in, agreeing. I gotta there's say, some, there's something about that tank top. I gotta say, I'm like loving it only because I. I'm so deeply insecure about my shoulders that I'm like, wow, okay, so we're getting some you've love. Got That's nice. The, you've got the queer girlies foaming at the mouth. With it's those like shoulders, literally the nicest thing ever. Because again, I grew up with some commentary from people who shall not be named about like, oh, like the full shoulders of a football player, and like, oh, yeah. And you know what the queer tops. girls are saying now? Hold me with those shoulders. Yeah. So <laughs> you're so strong, like a linebacker or whatever they're called. <laughs> like yeah a linebacker yeah anyway so it's very kind thank you all for your love and you am yeah well you know i was Mm. the first to notice but i'm glad everyone has followed suit so um okay you flex again if you want at any at any moment okay um i don't want to give it all away once you know yeah where's the where's where's the where's your the door to your room can you point it for me where can you point out the door just give it a point Oh, I'm stupid. I'm like, why? It's right there. Wait, where where is it? Hang on, I'm confused. Here, it's right here. Oh. (laughs) Here's a middle finger for you. 
<laughs> I wanted to see that bicep one more time. Okay. <laughs> I don't have apparently, one, but okay. Apparently, Christina is going to just be a tease tonight. So That's me. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I've got a story for you that starts a little goofy and starts with a deep dive because i can't control myself um this is in the uk and this is the story of alton towers okay i've never heard of it alton towers when you think alton towers what do you think what does it like sound like to you when i say the uk alton towers it sounds like a dorm building to me it sounds like to me it sounds like castly medievally but oh it sounds like somebody in the u.s trying to be cast like like the Belvedere apartment. Like, you know, it sounds like something that's ah. not fancy, but it's trying to be. But if you say it, you said it is in the UK. So, yeah, it does sound more um, like it would be a real royal thing. Well, it's a theme park. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me wander that path and like just like letting me go. I really let you take the bait. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> so it's a theme park. It's actually the UK's largest theme park, and it's a resort. It's so big that it also has three hotels connected <gasps> to the amusement park. Is that where Peppa Pig World is? 
I didn't deep dive that far. I'm oh, maybe. Oh, come on. What kind of deep dive doesn't go all the way to Peppa Pig? I didn't even know Peppa Pig had an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Of course she does. Well, then Bluey is, is hot on her tracks, so yeah, she well, look Bluey's out. Australian, so maybe that'll be next. That if you're in Australia and there's a Bluey amusement park, I'm going to need you to tell me about it. So. <laughs> um, so, okay, it's the UK's largest theme park. It's on over 900 acres. Whoa. It has three hotels attached to it, and there are over 40 rides. But I did, you know, I wonder if that's true, because I looked up its list of, like, current attractions, and I didn't see up to 40. Maybe this is in its time. Maybe they're counting it's... 40 as, like, every little Yeah, I think so, thing. too. Because it, it looks like they've got about, like, 15, like, main attractions. Right, okay. Um, uh, but at least before COVID, I don't know the numbers now, but like 3 million people come to this thing every year. It is Whoa. a hot commodity in the UK. I've never heard of it, but um, it opened I thought in... it was a dorm building, a shitty dorm building with rats <laughs> infesting it. So clearly I also have not been. <laughs> well, it opened in 1980 um, and it featured, when it first opened, it featured the corkscrew which was uk's first ever double loop roller coaster <laughs> holy shit a double loop to loop a loop to loop yep and uh that's it that's what a loop to loop is right it's a it's a double oh, loop. is it loop to loop i am so stupid um and the alton towers has also broken several other records with their rides including oblivion which oh, no. is the world's first dive coaster now here's speaking of dive here's my deep dive on roller coasters <laughs> okay. for you um oh, we almost made this a roller coaster podcast you guys like not even shitting you <laughs> and was like we could do like abandoned theme parks podcast that's true I, was like, I did suggest okay. it a long time ago you did so oblivion i'm sorry oblivion is oblivion. the world's first world's first not uk world's first dive coaster so i was like what's a dive coaster what is a um, dive coaster it is so you know when you're on a roller coaster and then it's like you like climb up 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 and then you're about to like essentially dive off mm -hmm. so that, like i know a lot of roller coasters do that but a dive coaster is one that does that um but there are more than four people in one row so it's like a really wide roller coaster oh, that dives over okay. the edge okay um then there's 13 and it's spelled with like numbers in it because it's so oh, cool. it's leet yeah 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 uh <laughs> and it's the world's first vertical free fall drop mid roller coaster no, which is like you. a roller coaster on a track and then drops and then like lands on another track and oh, wait, keeps going. I just did that on I-71 North. Um, oh. <laughs> it was like probably the scariest thing I've ever done and I don't recommend it. Next time you caption a picture about that, make sure you use numbers so it looks really cool. You know? <laughs> Happily. Then there's Galactica, which was the world's first uh, B&M flying coaster. And those are the coasters where um, oh, it's where you're, like, like it's hanging. No, it's like um, like at Six Flags where they have the Superman where you're oh, like your you tummy is down. yeah you're parallel to the ground so it looks like you're flying. That's kind of cool, actually. I do kind of like those. And then there's Nemesis, I which just is be guessing these. These all sound like albums from <laughs> Zach Bagans. <laughs> the next one's called Immortal Portal. No, 
So Nemesis is just Europe's very first inverted roller coaster. So an inverted roller coaster is instead of you sitting in the thing on a track, it's when the track is above you and your toesies are hanging. Those are kind of fun. But there there's roller coasters like that are called inverted and suspended inverted are the ones where you are very solidly bolted to the track above you whereas suspended is like you're attached to a thing that's attached to it's it doesn't matter it's to oversimplify it's the one where your toes are hanging over got Um, it okay (laughs) and then the last one is the smiler which is ironic why is that the scariest name ever (laughs) like all of these that's the scariest one so far to me it's also ironic because like you're not going to be smiling by the no Um, it's the world's, it's the roller coaster with the world's most inversions. It's broken the record for the most inversions. And I was like, what's an inversion? Like an inversion is anytime you're upside down. So mm. it doesn't have to be a loop. It can be the times where like you kind of twist and you're upside down for a second. Or okay. Okay. If you're just getting any, like whiplashed all around. Anytime your head is, is. I don't love, I don't love upside that. Down. In case um, anyone's wondering. On the Smiler, you go upside down 14 times. My pots could never. Um, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But when I had my SVT, I could have really used this. So Honestly, um, that's a great point. It'll just hang you upside down, yeah. Eva, get me to the Smiler. Um, and then <laughs> it's also the world's first infinity coaster. And an infinity coaster holds more people for a longer track. And it can move forwards and backwards and does all sorts of drops. And Whoa. Anyway, there's my deep dive on the five record-breaking roller coasters at Alton Towers. We could, I mean, listen, look, you're re- living out your dreams of doing a uh, roller coaster podcast. I honestly, I, I would like a pat on the back for um, resisting the urge to um, fall really deep into hyperfixating on roller coaster fun facts. I mean, it for sounds this. like you were already really busy with your other hyperfixation. So my um, Waffle House menu marking system. Like I, know. I yeah. think I think like maybe there just wasn't room for that. Next week though, I might be showing up with a lot of weird roller coaster trivia all of a sudden and you're gonna Yeah, have it's gonna to be endure. like just so random. You're just gonna casually throw them into conversation. We're gonna know And you're gonna love it. And you're gonna love it. So you're love it. At least someone out there will so Alton Towers is like big deal roller coaster uh, theme park. And originally, before it was ever a roller coaster, it was the site of um it was uh it was used during the Iron Age, so like a thousand BC. And it was allegedly cursed by long forgotten magic. Which feels like oh. this is just the amusement park's history to the this lore so of the amusement park. Yes, it does. Especially with <laughs> names like Oblivion. You know, they're like, oh, this yeah. is all from some f- forgotten magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like it's like part of the brand, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, going all the way back um, in 700 AD, this site belonged to the Saxons. Then it belonged to the Normans and William the Conqueror, who we have talked about during our Tower of London episode. Yes. Um. And in the 15th century, this land was given to the Talbot family. Um, they were the Earls of Shrewsbury. See how what I mean, though, when you say Talbots and here in the U.S., it's like, oh, it's like a store. Kenwood, Kenwood Mall. And then there it's yeah. like, oh, it's like very famous, royal, rich, rich, fancy people. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. 
anyway, just a, just an observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, another observation is I can't ever talk about a place in the UK without saying something like the Earls of Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Like, <laughs> and then when when English people are like, don't make fun of us. I'm like, but it's so easy. It's so like, easy. You can make fun of us so easily, too. But yeah, like we're Americans. The Earls of Shrewsbury. Come on. <laughs> like you, it's like fish in a barrel making fun of us. Like, let us have this. <laughs> yeah, let us have one one thing. Um. Also... Speaking of which, if we were to tie the history of this place back into the amusement park as an homage, the Earls of Shrewsbury would be the coolest pub at this uh, <gasps> at this amusement park. Think about the possibilities. Let's capitalize on it. What are they called? The like the 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 Oktoberfest uh, mugs. Yeah, Stein, a beer Stein. A Stein. I feel like you could get a good Stein at the. At that the was Earls actually my Shrewsbury. first thought. Also, like one of those beer Steins with like oh with like their um coat of arms on it you know <gasps> like an old timey tavern wow you just busted Stop out the what is that called when you break the volume on the microphone did i i'm yeah, sorry i was bit. also looking at your shoulders at the same time so that's probably just a combination <laughs> well, of that's reactions on, that's on you okay be more careful <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um so the uh yeah so the earls of shrewsbury uh got this land in the 15th century and they had this land all the way until 1924 so they had it for 500 years. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, in the late 1600s, there was a, a house on this land at the time that the Talbots owned. Um, and they built onto it over time. And by the 1800s, they were still adding additions to this thing. So imagine two centuries of just adding to this. It's giving Winchester Mystery House. <laughs> it is, actually. And... Uh, eventually they ended up having one of the best homes and one of the finest gardens in all of Europe because of Shrewsbury I mean, of Shrewsbury, which if you're working on it for 200 years, it better be fucking good. Can you imagine if it was still ranked as like the say, trashiest place? Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. So the Earls, um, they favored the Gothic revival style. And so the property started Ooh. looking very medieval and it became known as the towers, which I feel like we could have gotten more creative, but okay. Yeah, it's like it has its like um intended effect where it's like wow, it's what imposing a vague, an imposing name. Yeah, it's like vague enough where you're like ooh, but um, but yeah, it's not that creative. Yeah, I well, I guess when you know you've owned the property for five hundred years and you've had all that time to think of a name, maybe you just have to fucking you throw just circle a dart back at the wall to the beginning. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it. when the Saxons owned the land, one of the kings actually went mad here and cursed the land before the Talbots ever got there. <gasps> um, during the Earl's renovations, I got no context for this, but apparently they also cursed the land. Um, Wait, I feel like, okay. does that I feel cancel like out the first one? I feel like that's two stories I'm not giving information on, but I don't have any information on it. So... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, so now the building has been cursed twice by both of its owners. Um, some say the curse began in the eighteen in the eighteen twenties. Some say it happened in the eighteen forties. And either the fifteenth Earl or the sixteenth Earl Tabot uh, are responsible for this curse. And pretty okay. much the story goes that the Earl was uh, in his coach heading to uh, heading to the house when a woman stopped him nearby. And this woman goes up to the Earl. She asks if he can spare a farthing, which, by the way, mm. is the price of a quarter of a penny. 
<laughs> so I would have to charge her four times for the ugly tax. Um, but despite his wealth and ability to give her literally 0.25 cents, um, he says no and continues to drive on. She's pissed I love how he because... takes the time to stop to talk to her. <laughs> Like why? Like even what was stop? there a red light? You know, <laughs> it's like it's like the equivalent of if you walked up to somebody who was you know experiencing homelessness and you were like, "Hey, like what's up? What do you want?" And they're like, "Hey, do you have like something for me to like eat or drink or like a couple bucks?" And you're like, "No, bye." Yeah. It's like, right. well, why are you even? You're being an asshole. Intentionally. Well, she clearly had the face. same opinion. She she felt the same way because as he drove away, she points at an oak tree nearby. <gasps> And she tells him that every time a branch falls from that tree, one of his relatives is going to die. Oh, wow. So she That's... said, wow. I bet you really wish you gave me that a penny quarter of a penny. That's right. <laughs> um, and the next night, there was a freak storm, and one of his relatives died, got second died <gasps> during this night. And when the Earl went out to the woods again, he saw a branch had come down from that tree. Oh, boy. Which, like, could have just been from the freak storm, but it was coincidental enough to freak him out. So he had his men chain the tree's branches in place so that the branches could never fall again. Oh, yeah. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I have my like, reasons. I feel like if they've broken off the tree, that's still not good. Yeah, no, it's not. a No, he's, um, I feel like he's trying to play with fire here. I, I Well, you know, what's super eerie about this, though, is to this day, that tree has chains all over <gasps> its branches. Are you serious? Isn't that funky? Ooh, that well, just like, gave me the creeps. I wonder, like, what her tag is on Instagram, like, her location tag, you know? Is it just, like... The tree? Yeah, you know people go and take pictures of this, like, lore tree, you know? Oh, I wonder. I like to think her location farthing. is, what the fuck is this creepy-ass tree? Like, you also, know? get these chains off me. I'm a tree. Leave me alone. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, it's interesting that the town has appreciated the lore and respected it, and no one's just taken the fucking chains off by now. Like, you know there's but a teenager in the last several hundred years who was like, let's go take the chains off. A teenager would do it. Because I was thinking, like, it would be a little daunting to be the one to take them off. Because you're like, well, I don't want to mess with the curse, you know? But a teenager, I could see, like, fucking around. Also, I wonder out. who, like, ancestry-wise, like, who is the... The current Talbot, do they know about the tree? And it, does it hold after he died? Is it like still in play or is like the curse now null and void? Right. You know, hmm. so and, many anyway, questions. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I talk to the witch. So thank you. Um. So anyway, by the 1860s, uh, the 18th Earl of Shrewsbury finally decides to open the tower up to the public because it is so big and marvelous and wow, grandiose. so gracious and... my lord to let me look inside your beautiful palace and charge <laughs> charge of people course, to come see it. right sure so uh he but he starts I've hosting out Abbey. i know how this works and they're just trying to make money because they are <laughs> getting broke okay i know what's going on well actually it was this was during a time when a lot of people were starting to have financial upheavals so there we go i told you i watched a downton abbey movie on the airplane i know all about this <laughs> Here she comes, historian Christine. <laughs> Consider me an expert. <laughs> well, so he starts uh, hosting live shows there. He starts letting pe people perform music there. Um, the gardens are really pretty. So, you know, people are going to go see the gardens. And until the 
uh, early 1900s, so that's like 40, 50 years in. Sections of the tower, as you said, they were losing money. And mm. even having people come see the gardens and everything wasn't enough. And the property started being sold section by section until uh, the newest earl there was like, all right, let's just sell the whole thing. And by yeah. at 1924, that was when the last piece of the land was sold off after hundreds of years of the Earls of Shrewsbury owning the land. Wow. The land then became a World War II training camp for a little bit, but then it went back to becoming a popular tourist attraction with the gardens and everything. And in 1980, it opened as a theme park. So can you sometimes I wonder about that and there's no real answer to this. But what do you think the people who lived there and were like so proud of their like hermitage and like just having this estate and this tower and they've spent hundred their family legacy and they just imagine it's going to go on forever if they got a glimpse into like a hundred years from now there's going to be a kid vomiting cotton candy all over the sidewalk <laughs> like where your dog sleeps or where your hunting dogs sleep i don't know it's just so weird to me to think like what would they think i have no idea and i wonder like would did do not to get even like trippier, but like, would they even know what a theme park was? Like, what exactly. Was, That's what like, I, if you exactly. told them, like a roller, like the oblivion is going to be in your bedroom. Inverted roller coaster. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the total drop from 500 yards in the sky yeah. or whatever. Like, but, and like, then it makes me, of course, start thinking. Well, in a hundred years, we can't even fathom then what like what is going to be on what part piece of land anyway then i spiral so well i mean hey let's continue because i yeah, let's keep let's, going. Con- let's keep spiraling. let's keep this party <laughs> great, going because great, great, great. i've even said before like where we've talked about it before on the show of like where i'm sitting right now like there could have been a dinosaur yes. walking through here i mean for real i think about yes okay thank you you get it and then like the in you know 100 years from now the equivalent to the oblivion is like where i'm sitting like it's it's wild how at the end of the day, land is just land is just land, and like yeah, you just and it's not even our fucking land. <laughs> no, uh, certainly not. <laughs> so like just no. to add that into the Farthest twist of this from it, right? But like it's it's wild that at the end, like it's like so much history can happen in one spot, and it could all just also be totally erased like that. And it's there's just, just no way to even imagine or know what could possibly be coming down yeah. the pike. Um, no I like to imagine something like the Oblivion would be where i am but m m will come back to haunt if like, it if it's the oblivion m's gonna be like i'm on that i first dibs on that roller coaster okay but perfect would be it would be perfect if it was like the haunted mansion right like and then you got to be a ghost on your property while it is branded as haunted that would be yeah fun. fair point actually pretty pretty there's some, point. i like there's it. some pretty convenient places to be haunted zach's museum in Vegas, imagine if you used to live on that property and then died and was haunting the area and you were like, oh, if only I had some friends that were also ghosts that could be nearby. And then they built a fucking ghost house on you. But what a danger zone because you're like, if only I had a friend and then it's like, how about 600 creepy clown doll <laughs> friends? Like, you're like, overstaying no, your welcome. I meant every now that. and then. This is my yeah. house, but okay. Anyway, I think there's some places that it could really work. Like be a good time you know i'm glad you like what if you're a what dog what if you're a dog and then you die and then they build like a puppy rescue where you used to live and now you've just you get to keep <gasps> haunting the place with all these little puppy friends i think you've just finally like calmed my spiral anxiety that i have when this goes on and i'll say oh okay maybe it'll be a safe haven for puppies one day and <laughs> end of thought end of spiral but then like i'm 
not on the first floor right now. So when that puppy building is created, I'm currently in the sky. So I'm like, would I be haunting the puppy mm. haven or would I be haunting the sky above? And that's what they're always fucking looking at up there. It's just me just floating around trying to haunt them. Oh my God. That's what they're staring at. I knew it was We've ghosts. spiraled again. We spiraled again. What? Okay. Oh shit. I didn't even oh. notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Sorry. <sighs> okay. So we kind of actually just touched on this um, because <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but we did I was find our say, way. You tell me. I have no idea what you're about to say. <laughs> so in 1980, the place opened as a theme park called Alton Towers. And uh, stories about the roller coasters, like the the lore about the, the, hmm, the theme of a lot of the roller coasters actually have to do with the history of the towers so for oh, example i was gonna ask that okay cool just like how i was saying like the earls of shrewsbury pub you know that's so yeah 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 that's they fun. have a ride called or i don't even know if it's still there anymore but at some point there was a ride there called hex the legend of the towers and it's the lore <laughs> of the chained oak tree that's like the story and okay, the set. i fucking love that right like yeah, i love that that's actually I really like, fun I would like to imagine that if it is a roller coaster about a haunted tree, then you have to be a little squirrel or something and you're in the tree. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like rolling around the branches that I mean, listen, I am all about this. I like that they're leaning into it. I do. Ironically, this ride is said to be haunted. Which well, I feel like that means it just breaks down a lot. And they're just saying, <laughs> Ooh, it's the ghost. <laughs> Don't look at the man with the wrench uh, behind the curtains. It's, it's the hex is back. <laughs> now that was good. Now that was a good, now that so was a stupid. joke landed. Joke landed. So. <laughs> can i tell you something so funny can i tell you something that has nothing to do with anything please we went to um we went to a play recently you would have eaten it up we went to a play of catch me if you can (gasps) and what our our friend is in it and (laughs) allison and i were sitting next to each other (laughs) and it was it was of course the only moment in like a two and a half hour play where it was dead silent oh no oh and no allison's stomach like like it was like <laughs> it like everyone around us looked at her like it was like not well hidden and it was like are you okay easily <laughs> like, worried i've never heard it that loud or that long it was literally like her stomach had a solo like no it was i'm not i'm not kidding i know i'm usually dramatic no hyperbole this stomach sound happened for like 30 long seconds and it sounded truly like someone was moving furniture upstairs like it was the loudest sound oh, in no. the world and Allison, <laughs> her face because she's trapped like you can't go anywhere so she's just no. sitting there taking the heat knowing that everyone can hear that. <laughs> And she's like, they're like genuinely worried for her well-being. She's like, I'm people, fine. There were people looking at her and then like, uh, like back at the stage because they didn't want her to know that they could obviously hear. But it I sounded like, check. it sounded like a TV belch. Like it just like was the grossest sound. <laughs> and it was when everything was silent. Even the actors on stage had to have heard it because we were close. 
Oh, it was so awful. Anyway, you just made me laugh like I wanted to in that theater. So I finally got to release it. That's what happened. Okay. Sorry for the people who hate banter. This, This is where we've gone, apparently. My bad. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink so alton towers is said to be haunted there are um a lot of places that still have original uh foundations of the building there or original parts of the building there and visitors have often seen people in victorian era clothing walking around and throwing things at guests including rocks (laughs) oh whoa that's that's like you're like oh what a cool reenactment and then they chuck a rock at you and you're like okay jesus also like was that their version of fun before there was an amusement park here they just threw rocks question or is that like what they would do if like peasants came toward their property they're like get away you know (laughs) shoo you know shoo (laughs) imagine if you gave them a hoop and stick Oh, the delight. They wouldn't be throwing Roxy anymore, would oh, they? Because they have something to do with those hands. It's a merrymaking they would have had. The merrymaking. Or made, I guess. That's their version of an amusement park. Just give them a hoop and stick and a hill. They're going to lose their minds. What else? You need a marble, maybe, and you're set. There's also apparently the apparition of a man that haunts uh, the banquet hall, which I don't know why it's not called the Earls of Shrewsbury, but okay. Not acceptable, but yeah. And people feel his very looming presence. They hear heavy footsteps when they sense him. And they've also seen dark figures appear and vanish. Oh. Um, And after seeing Harry Potter World, I just don't know what's real anymore. Like, I feel like if I was told that that place was haunted, Uh. I'd be like, one, is it part of the lore? And two, even if it's really haunted, the rest of the 
special effects here are so good i can't tell if that was a ghost yeah and like if you ask how can you trust that they're not just like playing along like oh exactly. there's no you know but like that reminds me of when i was at uh where i saw the ghost of mr whaley at the whaley house and i was like oh that's fun that's part of the reenactment you know, mm-hmm. and they were, I didn't believe them. I was like, well, why would they would tell me, you know, no, that's just a ghost. But like, right. It's hard yeah. to say. Ugh. In 2007, investigators went in, um, which I love that they got to meet at an amusement park at night. That's I mean, that's the that's the ultimate dream. It's a dream. Um, and their medium sensed a large man wearing a hood who was always angry. And shockingly, oh, he's not the one that throws rocks at people. So, uh, oh no, he sounds like an executioner, doesn't he? Like a hooded yes. man, Ooh. right? An angry Creep. hooded man. I don't. You like have to be that. angry to be able to kill people for a living. I would imagine it has to be a part of your nature. Yeah. Uh, one uh, one member on that investigation team also walked out that night with scratches all over their head. And uh, a woman has been seen wearing a long, dark dress, and she appears very, ro- very real. People smell a perfume that follows her. And one employee actually thought that she was a park visitor who tried to stay after closing. Oh. So he ran up to her, told her to leave, and then she yeah. faded away in front of him. Which, like, she that, did exactly what he said. That's true. Like, he should leave. Hope he's okay. Happy. Oof. Bye. Some people think she was actually the governess who managed the estate, which she has to be looking around now going, I have lost control. Like, what is <laughs> this? The estate. She wakes up one morning and is like, wait, what the fuck happened overnight? Oh, no. <laughs> um, the guy who bought Alton Towers in the 1920s, his great-grandson has blogged about the hauntings his family has seen on the property. Oh, that's fun. His name is Will. And he grew up there, he, or he didn't grow up, grow up there, but he spent a lot of time there as a child. Um, his family also stayed there a lot. Um, and he's said that there is just too much evidence over the years that his family has caught. It is definitely haunted. Okay. Uh, he said the gardener there actually used to see a man all the time in the gardens with him wearing medieval clothing. And he thought that this guy was like in cosplay or like a reenactor or something. And... Uh, she like thought his grandpa like <laughs> hired an actor to just wander around the yard. Yeah, I was like, was this during <laughs> is this a normal park thing time? Or... <laughs> is this like a thing people do over there? <laughs> he was always know. wearing medieval clothes, and the gardener would always try to wave at him and like talk to him. Aww. And the guy never waved back. And so he was like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? Like he's dressed weird and he won't be polite. That's he's a crazy kind combo. of an asshole. Yeah. And so after years of trying to interact with this man, the gardener started noticing, like, wait a minute, that man has never aged. What is going on? Like, oh, weird. Ew. Oh, so this whole time he's been seeing him? Oh, Imagine ew. for years waving to somebody. Like, get the hint. Like, oh. read the room. Read the um, room. But yeah, for, I mean, long enough that he was like, this guy isn't aging. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah, I um, would say. After years of, yeah, of trying to interact with him, realized he wasn't aging. Another time, there was a catering manager who was noticing that dishes would go missing and then reappear in odd places, which I hate that. That's not good. And in the 60s and 70s, which I think still up to now, there was a gift shop that had a poltergeist. (gasps) And no matter how many times the store clerks would move them back, a whole collection of dolls would, would move themselves on the shelves to always be facing the wrong way. Ooh, ah, you know, I hate that. Yuck. 
facing the wall. And then every time you turn them back, you come in the next day, they're turned back again. Yucko. Then one day, the gift shops, like several boxes of little toy soldiers, all of them are removed from their boxes and scattered all over the floor. And only the ones holding weapons were all face down dead. As if dead. What the fuck? What but the then all fuck? the ones who weren't who weren't holding weapons were standing up. So it's giving pacifist, like I suppose, in like a weird backhanded way. Like, in a weird I murdered way. all the one. I'm a pacifist. I murdered all the people with weapons. They're dead. I feel now. like there's some sort of sim- symbolism there that I'm not picking up on. Yeah. Other dolls here would disappear and reappear. They'd move on their own. They would also be taken out of their boxes. There were dolls in the store that would be dressed up by ran like by unseen hands throughout the night where people would walk in the next Ew. day and the dolls would have jewelry on them or they would have books in their lap like they were reading. Do you think it's a kid? I Go feel like it has to be a kid. Like I feel like it has to be a kid dressing up a little right? stuffed animal. And like playing with so- toy soldiers and stuff. I mean, it sounds like a kid. Would- I mean, again, like we've talked about this a million times, but like where you would you haunt i would haunt a gift shop obviously like what a delightful place to haunt it's not it's not the worst place i bet it's air conditioned true lots of toys um <laughs> lots of toys um but also like maybe poltergeisty because like the dolls keep rearranging themselves the turning and, like, themselves ways. around is like unsettling yeah that part feels kind of sinister also books that were in the gift shop their pages would get ripped out and left all over the floor ew and that, again, we've talked about this, but, like, do you think the books are actually, like, the pages are tearing themselves? Right. Or you blink and then the pages all of a sudden Is it like they're the just floor? transporting? God, um, I wish one I knew. Time or, the catering, yeah. One time the catering manager came in and found only specific letters from pages had been ripped out of a book. They're like, I've been trying to send you a fucking message and no one's reading into it. So I guess I'll <laughs> yeah. have to ransom note this. Well, so the letters spelled out Dolly. <gasps> and Dolly was the catering manager's nickname as a kid. Oh my god, what the fuck? So like was it something following her? Like what, you know, like what was that? And also apparently just... it was a nickname from a dark time in her childhood. So oh, it's like no. I was going to say is that like a comforting thing? But it doesn't sound like it. But so it's almost like is it a, a dark thing from that time period or is it like trying to like poke yeah, like her? Is using you? Yeah. Using your weaknesses. Also on the property, Will's aunt and uncle and their kid stayed on, uh, stayed there for a while. Their house, you could overlook the property and see the old chained up tree from, from their house. Oh, and one creepy. night, their daughter whose room faced the tree directly woke up screaming and the next night, her mom decided to sleep in the room to see what she was so scared of. And this mom, her name's Annie, she woke up in the middle of the night uh, to the room being ice cold. She felt the need to keep her eyes closed because something was in the room with her. Oof. And she could see or she could sense something dark standing over her bed. And she could sense that it had it was like it had it was not human. Um, Ugh. She could smell the scent of something she'd only smelled before in the old towers nearby. She felt breath on her neck, and she got the weird feeling that this thing had four legs. Ew! 
I like how it, it probably is like deciding what to tell her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's probably like, oh, and that's, I'd like four legs. So we'll that's tell your that. alien brain where you're like, oh, they can communicate with you in your head. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, you want to imagine what's going on here? Okay, four legs. It, it, it's we're right, straddling. It's like the bed you don't you. have to open your eyes. I'll still tell you. Ugh. Well, so she finally got the nerve to open her eyes, and nothing was there except on either side of her were two indents on the bed as if four legs were standing over her. So two, like on her left side, two imprints of feet on the right side, two imprints of feet. So it was like standing with it. Literally standing over legs. Oh, that's horrific. That's horrific. Then the indents started moving on their own. They would disappear and reappear as if the creature and all four legs were stomping on her bed. Oh, ew. It was like, I'm still here. Ooh. Um, she pulled an M. And although she wasn't religious, she said something about Jesus. <laughs> and the creature's energy went away immediately. I'm telling you it works. I don't know what it is. It must I, work. It, it must work. I'll give you that. So I'm imagining a story happened in between here. but. The chief of police finds out that this place is haunted and he decides to get to the bottom of things. So he asks if he can stay the whole night by himself in the towers. But he flees in the middle of the night after he heard footsteps banging and his, dar- his dog started growling and like the fur on his back raised. Oh, if the police dog is upset, I'm like, eh, I don't feel safe here. Yeah, if the trained dog is freaking out, let's all get out. Um, yeah. There was also another paranormal investigator that came through, and this is probably my favorite thing I've ever said in any episode. Um, a paranormal investigator came through, was walking into the guest, the gift shop, that's like super haunted, and had a feeling, had a weird feeling, and approached the people who worked there and said, have any gay people been here recently? <laughs> what? <laughs> said, have I'm, any I'm children, have any children or gay people been here recently? And they said, oh, actually, a a gay couple not only used to, like, work this place for several years, but they lived on the property, which I it's so cottagecore lesbian. I can't even handle it. For sure. Yeah. They literally lived in a cottage nearby. Sounds so Idyllic. Um, And with no explanation, the investigator went, oh, that makes sense because gay people attract poltergeists. (laughs) I again. (laughs) Pardon no me? explanation but i gotta know where he's getting his findings i was gonna say children i've heard the preteens the hormones the craziness you know of, of puberty can attract a poltergeist what about gay people they're chaotic energy? is it that we're I sinning or something I like, like what is it that's weird but also like i love that even if that had no real like sound logic behind it i love that the queers love like you know ghosts and shit like it works out very well for like it's, it's like well that's on brand maybe it's like a double like they're me it's like they're fulfilling their own prophecy you know what i mean like they're like well the ghosts love the gays the gays love the ghosts exactly like why not it's the girls and the ghouls girls and the ghouls we're all just having a party yeah which like by the way why was that never like our thing like boozers and shakers why weren't we just the the girls and the ghouls yeah girls hang and on, the ghouls hang on the ghouls the gays and the days <laughs> the ghouls gays days i mean well we figured it out i mean it took like seven years we got there finally um so another time annie was finishing up work and uh she smelled that familiar perfume and the room got really cold and she heard a loud thud 
And this was when she was on her own. She heard a thud behind her and a book had fallen by itself. Mm. The book was titled A Stranger is Watching. Ew, this ghost loves his little wordplay. It is so creepy. <laughs> he feels gay. Like it feels he's giving a little fabulous haunting. Like he's like, <laughs> it's gonna be aesthetic. We're gonna love it. You know. He probably oh misses the, the cottage core lesbians that used to work there. He's like, hang and on probably. a second. I, I like, lost my people. Go? God. So all of a sudden, Annie suddenly gets this intense feeling that she needs to bring the book home. Which oh. She should have not listened to that, I'm sure. But she brings it home and she thinks there's like a, a dark spirit or something that was connected to the book or attached to the book and tried to attach to her. Great. And her husband claims that he decided that he was going to burn this book because he was so freaked out about it. So he throws that it seems... into the bonfire. Okay. And the book reappeared in the house later. <laughs> oh, the ghost was just begging him to throw it in the fire. Do it, I dare you. Flaming. See what happens. No, I... <laughs> Flaming. Do it. Set I'm it on still fire. here. I dare you. So uh, Annie's daughter then did a school project about the book, which wow, I'm sure that didn't go well. And but the I teacher love that for her, Delightful. the teacher asked if she could borrow the book, and then never returned it. So some people think that she just destroyed the book herself. Good. She was so freaked out about she this kid's presentation. Free libraries, those little free libraries. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like problem um, now i feel like that's gonna be leona's future one day she's gonna bring in like a, a skull or something from your studio and the teacher's gonna be like that's great sweetie can i see that and then just like <laughs> fucking just smash it for it. a second check it behind her <laughs> yeah honestly um, i don't doubt it also last thing i'll say is will's family they also apparently once walked past the old chained oak on their property and walked past a group of New Age druids who were chanting and performing a sacrifice under the tree. Okay. And when they all noticed each other, the druids stopped chanting and silently stared at them until they walked away and out of sight Ugh. and then went back to chanting. That's, sorry, scarier than any ghost as far as I'm That's concerned. also scarier than them like charging after you being like, you didn't see anything, get away. Like to just death stare you on your own property is so violating in so many ways. Yeah, like they're like, we're not moving. You better move. I mean, okay, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Anyway, apparently that's that's the the last big thing that will have reported. But that is uh, the property of Alton Towers. Emma, what a story! Thank you. And I can't believe we started with a theme park, and then I know I really I I man I really tried my hardest to say what I needed to say, <laughs> do what I needed to do, and not get hyperfixated on it. Yeah. But tonight <laughs> might be you. a different story. Yeah, yeah. Now you have all the time in the world. Um, that's crazy. Uh, I think to do a haunted investigation at a theme park is probably the pinnacle of what this podcast would consider success. So maybe you know it'll what happen someday. You said it not me. Is this when I tell everybody that I've been uh, looking at old home videos and I found out that I have a fucking Queen's accent when I was a it kid? Is. <laughs> Someone asks little M, like, "Hey, do you have any pets?" And M goes. A dog. A dog. <laughs> I have a and dog. And like, I, I'd been, so my parents used to have like really thick accents and it just never occurred to me that I would pick up on that. But I had one until I moved to Virginia and like two or three years in, it, it faded. But in the videos that I have, there's all these clips of me talking and walking and, you know, good it coffee. It's so cute. A little baby with that accent. It's honestly precious. Of all the accents I saw for myself, I did not see that, but... 
whatever. I just sounded like Fran Drescher at five. What else is now? <laughs> and like, what could we ask for? Like, what more could we ask for? What could be better? It was a gift um, even to me. I was like, at 30, I'm finding out I had a fucking accent my whole life. You know, like, I didn't anyway. find out till I was like in my 20s that I had a German accent till I was about six. I feel like if we put, I know I've already said this, but like put clips of you, clips of me with our little accents back to back, like... <laughs> We would have been quite a duo. I don't know what people would have made of the two of us, but it would have been a mess. Why are you talking like that? What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, you would have been <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? What the hell's going on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm glad you liked our, our the roller coaster extravaganza. That was I Alton did, because I know how much you like it. You know, I'm like, that's I such an M, an M story. Um, well, Tell M, us a Christine story now. Okay, this is actually an M story because... Ooh. I don't want you to be mad at me, but I'm oh, covering God. something you've already covered, but I'm just doing You're sick. The, cr- the crime part of it. <laughs> Prison. Why? What did you do? This is the story of, say it in your accent, the Amityville murders. <laughs> the horror. The Amityville <laughs> horror. <laughs> there it is. The horror. I don't know so, how to do it anymore. Sorry to all New Yorkers listening. But, uh, okay, great. That Hey, we haven't covered that since like episode fucking four or something. I was going to say, do you have a guess what episode? And it was indeed number four. Uh, <laughs> good memory or like freakishly weird yeah. fun fact that you knew on the top Option of your head. B. Um, can I tell you also that I listened to that episode yesterday Ugh, and I'm sorry. Thank you so much. <laughs> don't because say anything it, else. I don't even want to know. It, no, I can't have to. It was, I was going to take notes on your story and said, I just took notes on the dumb shit we said. I was like, this okay. is outrageous. Also, my audio, I was like talking, you had a mic. I was talking like my audio was going through the computer. I'm like, we clearly didn't even figure out how to use a mixer. And we were like, oh, we have all these fans. Like, I don't know. We, it was just so embarrassing. To what, our to. moms? Yeah. Literally, we said, we thought our moms would listen, but now we have real fans. And I'm like, okay, I think we had like three people and that actually like was your, three more than we ever thought so yeah <laughs> it's like one extra person who was your cousin yeah. <laughs> um so like good for us but also the audio oh my god i was like clearly just talking through the computer and um there also my research was shit back then so it's probably actually really good that we're doing a revamp i so. gotta say i listened to the whole thing and i went we really upped our research game. I don't know what we were doing back then, but like clearly just reading. Remember Wikipedia when I used to write my notes on like fucking notepad paper? I literally paper? have legal pad paper with your handwriting where you wrote. And like that was always impressive to me because that's a lot of work to write it all by hand. But then I don't know at why one point I you literally that. said like November of some year. I didn't write down the date. Oh, anyway, <laughs> like what is wrong with us? Like we didn't even write the date down. It's... And then. <laughs> Anyway, it's just like it was just so cringy, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really for the first like hundred episodes, I really would like to just wipe the slate and like no one's ever hear, hearing it's them again. It's embarrassing, but I feel like it's part of the journey, you know. No, um, you know, like you the want... Disney vaults where they just put like oh, Snow God. White in there or something. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should it. have it. And that's why we drink vault where but we know, never open it. Yeah. never open it ever again it's like what they would do to people torture them like brick them up into the walls we'll just brick all our old episodes <laughs> up into the walls brick up our notes <laughs> brick up our notes do you remember oh do you remember obviously none of us remember but do you have a guess as to why we drank that week it's a fun fact it, that's for different reasons but pr- probably to- something a lot less dramatic than 
Oh my god, near so heart stupid. failure every day. I don't know. I was gonna what. say now we're like our hearts are giving out, my brakes are giving <laughs> out. Well, back then, apparently, <laughs> apparently, the reason I drank was because I was on Zillow and like houses are so expensive. And I'm like, houses in Los Angeles are like six hundred thousand dollars. And now I'm like, they've like probably tripled since then. So nice, they sure and have nice going. Um, and then you were saying like, you know, I I don't know. Your reason for drinking was that you. This I'm is sorry. not a joke. You said your reason for drinking is that you've been so busy, you don't have time to get to the gym before work in the mornings. And I'm like, you know what? And you know what you said? You said, well, typically on a typical weekday, I like to run about five miles a day. And I'm sitting here going, going, you ran five miles a day? Since when did you run five miles? That's more than a 5K. I... That I think was... one time I actually was like, um, do you really run five miles a day? And you were like, well, on an elliptical. And I was like, okay, that's not the same. No, I would do half on an elliptical and then I'd do, I'd either walk the other half on the elliptical or I would do, or like, no, not elliptical, sorry, the, the treadmill. Mm. I would do half on the treadmill and then I'd either walk the other half on the treadmill or I would do the second half if I was really tired that day on the elliptical. What a time. What a fucking time. That was like, what? 60 pounds ago um <laughs> you literally complained that you didn't have time to run five miles a day and i'm sitting there listening to this going hey same who are these same. people who are these people i've never heard of them before if we go back to um, 2017 let's let's let that m know that uh, i never get back to the gym so you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry this is the end of the beginning of the end um you also said this dog hates me about geo and the Aww. entire episode you can just hear him clip clapping around there's like so much noise it's like the worst audio ever um this let's take this moment then to uh, really appreciate the ogs who still listen because the fact that you endured that which really? also is a testament to how far podcasting has come because maybe that was good back then like i was gonna say i don't think today that would have like cut through everything. that wouldn't have flown no, no i think in 2017 when you know not everyone had a podcast it was you, no you just, i think you you're just totally to what right. you had because <laughs> like i remember googling like how to set up podcasting equipment there was not a single article like there was not you know wiki hell there was no like here's an amazon page on like which mics to buy none of that there was nothing so we had to like read the instruction manual you know like it was <laughs> 1955 and like figure out clearly we didn't even do that right but well, thank yeah, you it, to everybody who's been listening since then. And for some reason, despite all of the flaws, you you really you hunkered down. I, and it's still bad. You still listen. But it's nice that it's you've kept bad. up. You, I appreciate your dedication. That's all. We do. Loyal. And honestly, like every time someone says I've been listening since like the early days, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked. Like that yeah. sounds kind of like sad, but it's true. I'm like t shaken to my core every time someone says like, oh, no, I've been listening forever um, yeah it still blows my mind or even when people now say oh i just found them and i've been binging the episode which i'm very appreciative but in today's world where there is better audio in in first episodes it's like mm -hmm. why did you listen to ours and that was and they're like i started from the beginning it. i'm like god bless you know you're yeah uh, i mean listen we appreciate it's, you you're the reason it, we, we like, have the lives we have today you're the reason i stopped going to the gym so you know <laughs> oh my god thank you <laughs> i would rather so have much. all of you than ever run another five miles so thank also, you also oh my god uh, me too not that that's hard to say but me too that was what um, lonely sad m looked like and now aw, look at me look at look me at now. You now look at you now uh 
moving right along. This is the Amityville murders, but it's the murders <laughs> part. So okay. you covered you covered the ghost part. Um, and I listened back because I wanted to make sure I wasn't like doubling, you know, any information or like just retelling the same story. But it is a different story because um, you referenced the murder, but you didn't really like go into detail. So mm-hmm. that's what I'll do today. So we've got the notorious Amityville house of the Amityville horror. I don't know how to do it. Horror. 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 I don't know. Horror. Okay. And it's on Long Island. On Long Island. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm stopping. In New York. <laughs> and in this show, in the episode, you said, my dad claimed that he lived next door to it, but I don't think he's telling the truth, which is one That's, of the funniest things you've said. I, I still. You stand by I it. I still think that. Yeah. <laughs> he grew you're up like my he dad grew says up, he grew up on or you're like he grew up on long island is that right that part's true yes and he grew up and, near amityville but i and you're like he says he lives next door but i don't think that part's true <laughs> yeah i i anyway. don't believe that for a minute but um <laughs> it was a good story when i was 10 i was like oh, oh for shit, sure that's... it's a great story it's just now we have to be, you know i just love that you already called it episode four you're like that's bullshit i do run five <laughs> miles a day but my dad did not live next door to Amityville. Like uh, one of the, like honestly of those two senses, I would more believe today that my that my dad lived in the Amityville that's house why or something I asked than, you, than I ever because I was like, did I miss something about like your exercise? Like back then, you I didn't it didn't even phase me when you said five miles. I was like, oh cool. Now I'm like that was my prop house days, and you I know. see. Then it's I stopped, time. and then I started remote working. Then drive. I don't drive to the gym anymore. You know. Yeah, sure. Whatever I blame you, you. So yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you blamed everyone else who listened a minute ago, but I guess now it's my fault. Everyone but okay. myself. Yeah. Well, sure. The notorious Amityville House, uh, located on Long Island, New York. Now I'm going to give you a quick background on the actual land. I know we've been talking about land today. So long before the house was built, which by the way, the address at the time was 112 Ocean Avenue, and it was built in the 1920s. Amityville had a storied the area at least had a storied history of its own so according to the matinecock tribal nation the island was home to 13 tribes of the algonquin family a group of peoples who spoke the algonquin language and who still live on long island today european americans began colonizing the area in the 17th century when amityville was founded as a settlement but it wasn't fully incorporated as the village of amityville until 1894 okay so Ronald and Louise DeFeo uh, are the couple that purchased this infamous house in late June of 1965. And the husband, Ronald, worked at a car dealership that his father-in-law owned. And the DeFeos lived pretty comfortable lives. Um, Louise's father, so it, it almost feels like the father-in-law, like Ronald's father-in-law, a.k.a. Louise's father, is sort of like... <sighs> Kind of has, I I don't want to say it like in a negative way, but it seems like he has a lot of like purchase in this relationship, like gotcha. a lot of power. Like he hired his son-in-law, he bought them the house. You know, it almost feels like he's kind of pulling the strings a little bit. Sure. Um, so reportedly he bought them the house so they could move out of their Brooklyn apartment. And he is also said to have given the family tens of thousands of dollars just as spending money. Um, and they have these which we didn't mention and I don't think I realized at the time but like they had these like famously lavish family portraits painted of mm. all the kids and the family and I don't know if you've seen them but 
there's something like unsettling about of course seeing them now after the murders because it's sure like, they're like larger than life these like massive oil paintings um, and so they they're kind of they were known for these like massive uh, family portraits. And so the DeFeas lived in the house for nearly a decade and they had five children, Ronald, who was nicknamed Butch, Dawn, D-A-W-N, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. So Ronald, the oldest, aka Butch, who was named after his father, was born in Brooklyn in 1951. And many accounts say he was a survivor of relentless parental abuse from his father and this was so widely known that uh, other adult family members witnessed ronald's ronald jr's father uh throw him against walls uh hit him until he was covered in bruises um and these are other adults in the family who had who had witnessed this abuse happen Mm-hmm. Ronald was also bullied pretty badly in school, so he really didn't have like a safe haven anywhere. He didn't have a place where he could let his guard down. Um, he was even known to pay some older guys in his school to like protect him, to like keep oh, an wow. eye out, to keep him from getting. He was getting... like paying for security because yeah, he was so yeah. stressed out. Jeez, okay. which I'm sure didn't help the bullying, right? Like I'm sure that right. was only more fodder. They were like, "Go tell um, your." Go tell your security guard, blah, blah, blah. Right, exactly. And like, oh, you're paying, you're using money to like protect your, you know, I'm sure that this was not a good system, but it was the only way he could like get through it. And like, Sersha, our researcher, put a really great note here um, that like, this is, it's, spoiler alert, if you don't know what happens in Amityville, (laughs) some really, a really horrible multiple murders about to take place at the hands of ronald jr and uh i just feel like the way that it's portrayed i don't want it to come across as oh because he was a victim of abuse that's why he like murdered his whole family because typically um and like Sersha made a great point here that like uh actually a lot of times the bullies themselves are like research actually shows that bullies themselves are the most likely to continue being like perpetrating violence. Um, And so, you know, obviously many people survive bullying and abuse every day without like murdering their whole family. So even though the media sometimes is like, Oh, this active shooter situation, this, this uh, perpetrator was a social outcast and like, that's why he did it. Like a lot of that is very skewed and not necessarily how the world works. Um, But of course, we know much more about Ronald Jr.'s background because that's what the sources focus on and that's kind of what's well, relevant. It's so much easier, well, not easier, but it's so much um, more telling now given at the time there there wasn't a lot of active shooting going on mm-hmm. um, like there is today with people around his age. You know, like in, in today's world, he would be one of many that is just, it was quote an outcast and didn't know what to do and decided to turn a gun on people that he was around all the time and that's like, a very good point that's so a very good point it's it's interesting that back then we probably wouldn't have had the same vocabulary that we would yes. today for someone like him because the now it feels like so different yeah every week sometimes multiple times a week we're over analyzing someone who he probably would have hung out with of like 
an outcast who feels like they don't have anybody who feels alone who has a lot of pent-up anger maybe there's issues at home like all the usual like buzzwords that we tropes yeah yeah, the tropes and all of them do something very similar to what he did and so i mean he would be clumped into a whole category these days versus being this one outlier incredible story that's a really good point and i feel like that needs to be like noted just because like you know again just because someone survives familial abuse like does not make them a you know sure. a shooter yes sure yeah so but it is interesting that at the time it, it was an outstanding case whereas today totally. very sadly it is like it happens every as fucking tuesday up as it is like children getting shot is not <laughs> like the most uh outrageous headline you've ever if, heard if that story happened today it would have not been the the giant case it probably it would was. not have been as yeah and i think it, would have like, it made some news but it wouldn't have been notorious 50 years later exactly and i think like obviously part of the reason it became notorious is the following owners and all this and like his claims but you're right it would have probably been a drop in the bucket nowadays versus back then where it was like so shocking and jarring yeah um and of course it is still shocking and jarring it's just now we have much more there's a, there's a lot more cases like this. I mean, now it's happening a lot is. more in schools than homes, but it's, yeah, you know, anyway, it's not, we could, yes. we could go on forever and ever about this. I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, this is just, uh, my little caveat that I want to throw out there. So Ronald started suffering from violent outbursts and these violent outbursts made his friends and family really like uncomfortable and they did not feel safe around him he started struggling in school he started fighting with his father he was expelled from high school and he began to struggle with a substance use disorder uh they tried to intervene and back then you know this is not as standard but they did try to get in professional mental health intervention um but that did not do anything and so his family was at a total loss and they all they could do is try to keep him happy and peaceful he was given expensive gifts his parents uh bought him guns to add to his gun collection which is something that he was Hmm. very proud of yeah okay maybe and Mm, no comment (laughs) okay they (laughs) gave him a job at the family car dealership and they paid him even if he didn't show up even if he did poor performance which was the usual he often skipped work he would show up late leave early and they just paid him to keep him calm and happy uh employees were extra polite to him because they were like we don't want an outburst we're just gonna kind of skirt around this guy and ronald would eventually be accused of stealing from the dealership nineteen thousand dollars in cash and checks and at the time it was nineteen thousand. yep which today is worth approximately a hundred and eight thousand dollars holy shit and he stole this with an accomplice and he told police that they had been he was just on his way to deposit at the bank on behalf of his workplace, but they'd been held up on the way to the bank and someone else stole the money from him was his backstory. And police didn't think this lined up. So they went to the dealership and found out, yeah, this was all bullshit. He had stolen it himself. Um, And so Ronald senior, his dad asked police to please take it easy on Ronald. Like the last thing he wanted was to get his son worked up and sent home and, you know, lash out at them. 
So he asked police to please take it easy on him. And there are a couple more stories that, for example, he allegedly jokingly threatened a friend at gunpoint on a hunting trip and then just like moved <laughs> on. Like, n- right. Like nothing happened. Like hilarious joke. Um, another story goes that during a fight with his father, he actually pulled the trigger of a gun, but it failed to fire mm. and they just moved on. Um, wow. So there are couple of those massive red flags um he was also charged with larceny uh and as part of that basically the charge was that he had used his family boat as a getaway vehicle and uh he had been on probation for drug use and so you know as you can imagine he began hanging out with sort of like a a rough and tumble crowd they were known to fight uh and get into all sorts of antics but they always ended up back like in the same kind of small group and he would oftentimes bring his friends over late at night while his whole family was upstairs asleep and Mm. the friend group would just hang out and drink um they had this like beautiful home which now is just known as a creepy beautiful home but at the time obviously was just like this gorgeous home uh on the water and One friend, for example, told the New York Times, it was a beautiful home, very expensive. They had a big bar with champagne and everything. We would drink and play music, but I never met his family. Um, Sometimes, apparently, his mom would yell from upstairs, like, please turn the music down. But that's the only way his friends even knew that his family was there. Like, he would just say, come hang out at my house. And, like, everyone would just kind of assume, like, no one's home. And then the mom would be like, can you turn down the music? And they were all asleep upstairs, but they were too scared. They were like walking on eggshells around him, essentially. Mm. Um, I'm really glad you covered it this way because the obviously since episode four, the the creepy part of it or the ghost part of it is really like the the part that mm-hmm, people hear mm-hmm. and like everyone's so focused on the hauntings and no one actually knows the like. Like part of the story. Story spoiler alert is that he thinks he like he claimed he was possessed. Mm. But with all this backstory, it's I can see why that that might not have been the case. Like maybe right. he was just, you know, in the wrong crowd going through it, had a, a clearly some psychological stuff going had on. Access to weapons, access like to a lot yards. of guns that they were they were giving him more guns while he when he had violent outbursts to appease him, which not Substance blaming the victim, abuse. just backstory. Yeah. Um, but so it's. I none and all you ever hear is like oh this this guy killed people and yeah and that's exactly kind of how I felt about it um and when we were searching like suggested it I was like well you know I'm already covered this and then I went back and listened I was like oh but like we, you covered like the ghosts the story like the lore yeah. like the one that's like in the, the media. famous part yeah yeah the famous part and I like had no kind of concept about like, I really didn't realize how much... Well, because the story always makes you think, like, oh, out of nowhere, he just yes. went fucking crazy. Like, how could someone and, do that, right? And then he said, like, it was... The the story sounds like overnight he really was possessed by something, and, and but I would have never known Mm-mm. this whole time. I had no idea that there was, like, years of important information that led up to that. Yeah, and I feel like the story of him, the story of the 
murder of his family, all of that gets kind of sometimes brushed aside yeah. <laughs> to like tell the more like uh sensationalized sensational yeah. exactly version. So, you know, it's it's worth telling <laughs> the backstory, I guess. Yeah. Um so yeah, he would have these people over and you know, the it was like this gorgeous three-story home with a pool, like just the perfect place for teenagers to hang out, except that his siblings and parents were asleep upstairs, but they just let him do it. They didn't want to like mess with anything, set him off. Um, one night, for example, a friend r- remembered Ronald breaking a pool stick in half in a moment of anger. Uh, he just would have these like outbursts and sometimes they became physical. So despite confirmed and alleged stories about Ronald, the DeFeos were generally well liked by their neighbors. Like they were a pretty, um, pretty pillar of the community type family uh they were also very good to their neighbors they went out of their way to befriend and support them uh there was one neighbor named Catherine o'reilly who lost her husband and uh they were like extremely supportive and kind and like helped her through that her grieving during that time uh ronald senior would drive a 16 year old to work at her family's restaurant in brooklyn every single day because she didn't have a ride like they were just very good to the people around them um another example is that uh the family would give out homemade pastries to friends and neighbors and uh the assistant pastor at their church called them which i feel like is an under like supposed to be a compliment but not really an average good family i'm like okay yeah well, that's a weird backhanded situation i mean not necessarily and also that was thing. someone from their church i feel like that's church lingo very quick right of like, you feel like it's like nuanced like what does it mean yeah it's like oh you're you're average like yeah you're, you're just average it's like right down the line not bad like, do you not even good remember who i am like it sounds like you're just if i invited you to, to a party it'd be like you know and we're, we don't feel a certain way if i'm in the come. area yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have some of those great pastries laying out maybe i'll stop by yeah some days are better than others no i i get what he meant though of like oh they were just like normal like they were standard wouldn't you wouldn't see any like anything like this coming no, kind of family no no you wouldn't like look twice so that part of the story actually is kind of true like it was very shocking when this happened because they just seemed like such a typical American family. Yeah. Um, the family was pretty religious and they prayed together on Sunday nights. Um, they actually installed a statue of Joseph holding baby Jesus on the front lawn, uh, oh complete God. with lights and a fountain. Okay. Um, well, so that's nice. That's uh, a, sign, a sign in front of the house read High Hopes. And uh, it was almost like they had named the house that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of locals would refer to the house as High Hopes, which is so crazy to think like it had this identity as High Hopes and no one knew like, oh, one day this will have like a real big identity like, like and, a, and now it's like international any hope, <laughs> any yeah, hope, no hope. right it's like yikes that turned really quickly on its head um but it, it did really seem like one of those everything looked fine from the outside like everything looks perfectly normal from the outside um and i'm sure a lot of this came from the parents like just putting on you know putting out there what they wanted other people to see So in 1974, we've got a household with Louise and Ronald Sr. Ronald Jr. is the oldest. He's 23. 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. So the date is November 13th, 1974, and around 6.30 p.m., Ronald Jr., 
burst into an Amityville bar and started screaming, you gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. So several people accompanied him from the bar back to 112 Ocean Avenue. They ran all the way there. The door was unlocked and one of the family dogs was barking at them as they went inside and up the stairs to Ronald's parents' room. And lo and behold, there were Louise and Ronald Sr., both dead in bed. Uh, Someone had shot them while they slept. They then, of course, went to the other bedrooms to check on the children. And tragically, all four of Ronald's younger siblings had also been shot to death in their beds. Mm. All six of them... All six of the victims were lying face down in bed. Louise and Ronald Sr. had both been shot twice, and the children were each shot once. Someone called police while Ronald broke down outside, and when police arrived, Ronald told him he believed it was a mafia hit by a hitman named Louis Fellini. And his story was that he was at work and it must have happened during the day when he was at work. And uh, so he had no way of knowing until he got home. And when Ronald Sr. had failed to show up for work, Ronald told everyone he had no idea where his dad was. He, he tried to call him and didn't get an answer. And Ronald had often alluded to his dad having mafia connections. Um, you know, this was an Italian family, but friends thought like, His friends thought, oh, this is just a ploy to get, like, the bullies off his back, right? Like, he's trying Mm. to make himself kind of, like, they thought it was bullshit. Like, oh, my dad has mafia connections. And one of his friends. Oh, my dad lived next to the Amityville house. Yeah, exactly. You get it. (laughs) I get it. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But one of his friends made a really good point, which kind of cracked me up. And I was like, oh, yeah, good point. He said, when you belong to the mafia, you don't talk about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right. So uh, I imagine like all his blabbering on about the mafia and how his dad has mafia connections, like probably was most people brush that aside. But police were like, OK, well, it's worth checking. So they put Ronald in protective custody and they investigated the crime scene. And of course, immediately things did not add up. Uh, for one, all of the family members were in pajamas and in their beds. So like. He said this must have happened while, during the day while I was at work, but that doesn't mm. add up if they're all in bed in their pajamas. Right. In their PJs, yeah. Yeah. So investigators realized that this must have happened like well before Ronald went to work, uh, putting him at the scene of the crime because he had slept there the night before. Which is and wild all- that he would have done this and then slept next to all of them. And then just gone straight to work. Well, like to brush like- your teeth knowing that in the other yeah. room is, I mean. And then to spend all day out and about and then run into a bar screaming in hysterics like it's all an act it's very chilling it's really Mm. chilling so investigators realize like yes this must have happened in the early morning before he left for work uh not during the day as ronald had claimed they also found ammo matching the murder weapon in ronald's bedroom and when they interviewed people who knew ronald jr they were putting together a pretty troubling profile and they pretty quickly knew he was probably involved uh, he started to change his story. He said Louis Fellini, this mobster, had woken him up with a gun to his head and made Ronald follow him around the house and watch him kill his family one at a time. Um, but then, like, why would the hitman spare Ronald? Like, right, exactly. Sense. And also, why um, would he? It already ruins his credibility from when he ran in. He goes, "I think my parents got yeah. shot." Like, great point it's like, I thought it's like you wait watched i did it technically do it but it was because someone forced me to do it yeah like it just didn't make sense and so 
they were like asking him like go on explain more and he said oh well then lewis fellini threw the gun into a sewer and investigators were like hmm this is not adding up but they kept pressing him and finally he did confess to all six murders uh which took place in the middle of the night slash early morning hours before he went to ask for help he said it all started so fast quote once i started i just couldn't stop it went so fast mm. it's chilling. i mean also like it would have to go fast if you just shot somebody and people are going to start running and hiding so like if you want to get yeah which like i know it's a fucked up way to think but like it has to happen fast once you pull the trigger once, once and everyone's commit, heard a gunshot in the house exactly exactly you, if you're if if you are a killer of one person there's witnesses now so there's a choice now you either stop and or keep going yeah and you're done and they know it was you or you keep going <sighs> and try to work your way out of it so tragically he tried and it didn't work um he was arrested for the murder of both of his parents and his four younger siblings. Um, and of course, even if they had known he was troubled or what have you, this was like a total shock to mm -hmm. have not only the parents, but four small kids killed in their beds by their sibling, their oldest brother. Um, Ronald's friends refused to believe it and were like trying to find a way to explain this to themselves and wondering if he had been set up. One friend said, I can see somebody having a quarrel with his father or mother, but those four children. I was talking to Ronnie just recently about how proud he was of his brother playing football. He'd, he'd never kill his brother. So they were just really shaken by this. Do you think um, they were but, just like collateral damage of like, well, now that I've killed my parents, who who's going to watch them? I don't want to have to deal with it. Like something... I mean, it very well could be. It sounds very family annihilator, you know, which... Yeah is typically the father in a family but yeah, yeah could be him too, I, I, yeah i don't know it's almost like you'd think it'd be easier to explain away as fucked up as it is to even say this out loud but like you'd think it'd be easier to explain away like killing your parents and you can say or one of your parents saying oh we were in this heated argument but they're like there's no way to say my nine-year-old sibling right my sister like, who looks up to me yeah 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 that part is just so far-fetched that like people could not wrap their heads around it um but Ronald did kill all six of them. And so in the following weeks, he would change his story over and over. Um, people questioned how the family had slept through the gunshots because, like you mentioned, one gunshot goes off um, and you imagine everyone hears it, but mm -hmm. they were all still in their beds. Um, the weapon that he used couldn't be equipped with a silencer, so there was no chance he had put a silencer on the weapon. Neighbors had reportedly heard the family's dog barking that night, but that was really normal. Their dog barked all the time. And so nobody like thought twice about it, but nobody else seemed to have heard the gunshots. Mm. Ronald, uh, for, you know, his side of the story, he claimed he drugged his family with barbiturates at dinner so that they'd sleep through the massacre. Um, and like, maybe he was trying to look more compassionate, like, oh, well, they were all asleep when I did it. Like, right they were unconscious like at least i, I, I did it painlessly or something yeah painlessly like they didn't know what was happening but of course i have to report that that is also untrue um mm. because evidence suggested that louise and allison were both awake uh i mean this is also this is so terrifying but this is also a reality that a lot of kids have to deal with now yeah. it's like do you think they were just hiding in their beds and just hoping that like under the whoever covers was doing I mean, it wouldn't come to their come into their room it's like that classic move of just like pulling the covers over your head and being like, what else can I do? You I mean, know? if you're a nine-year-old girl, like what do you, what else are you going to do? You know? Like, yeah. 
just yeah. hope hope that it happens. and why happen. would you think and apparently oh god this is in one of the documentaries i watched he walked in and louise i don't i think it was louise said what's happening what happened and he just shot her so she like, thought she that thought, he had like protected he was the family the for safe a second. one right he walks in she's probably like oh thank god like my brother's here you know whatever this mm. noise commotion is like he'll protect me and then so fucked up so on october 14th 1975 ronald went to trial facing charges for all six murders and ronald's defense tried to paint ronald to be this kind of sympathetic figure um they said they would plead insanity uh, they claimed that Ronald would hear voices uh, that he believed to be demons who told him to kill his family. But there is a little bit of controversy because apparently Ronald like publicly opposed the insanity plea and was like, mm. no, I don't want to be labeled like I, that's not part of my defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who knew Ronald testified that like probably no mental illness had a part in his crime. They said um, maybe it was his issues with his family rising tensions drugs his anger problem but they were like we don't like the people who knew ronald best were like we don't think this was mental illness at play it might have been a number of other things Mm -hmm. um but like we don't think he's it we don't think pleading insanity is is gonna work so in the end uh with all that said he was found guilty on six counts of second degree murder and sentenced to six concurrent terms of 25 years to life in prison wow yeah that's a long long time and over the years he changed his story several times um and he appealed for a retrial he tried to convince the courts that this is wild that his sister dawn had actually killed the entire family (laughs) Oh my god, throwing one of the victims under the bus is crazy. Can you imagine like That's fucking crazy. After all that, he Like so how did you, so how how did you get away, big man? And like why so why is she dead? Yeah, here you go. This is what he said. His sister Dawn had killed their entire family and that he only killed her to protect himself at the end. Like he walked in on this and shot her, which like Imagine if her your parents bed? were alive to hear you calling their dead daughter a monster. Uh, are you kidding me? Oh, it's horrific. And then what? You like care? You like shot her, put her in her bed, and then pretend it, like it doesn't make any sense that you would change your story all of a sudden to that. Like I mean, literally, the only story that makes sense is that a fucking demon came in. Like that's the only believable story, and which that's is why, I feel why like that's the one that landed. Why it I guess turned into the story, right? Like it's the only way that I feel like you could maybe get a few people on your side. Well, I also now because that also makes me wonder with because I mean his his most popular excuse or his most popular reason for having done this is that he was possessed by a demon and now it makes me wonder too i mean if his family was incredibly religious maybe he thought that would be a good scapegoat of like that's a good point and i feel like italian catholic like i could definitely see that mindset especially if they prayed every sunday were heavily religious like maybe lit up fountain in their yard yeah. like i mean i feel like it would be easy to to um relinquish guilt in some way by blaming the devil or like oh temptation yeah. made me do it or some some and it almost symbol. makes some sense that like that would maybe be the first thing his head goes to like oh shit like something that christians the devil, or his, the his devil family would me. yeah something his family would pity him for you know yeah yeah that like they maybe would accept as a reason yeah yeah that that's a really good point i hadn't thought of the like catholic or the christianity connection um so yeah he's changing his story left and right um 
the weirdest part to all of this, which I maintain, which I, like, what's the word? I um, I confess, I don't have an explanation for this, and it does. I find it to be the weirdest part is that he has never given a motive, like he has mm. never said why he not only killed his parents and maybe you know if he had been suffering abuse at the hands of his dad you could like i guess get a motive you know you could definitely get a motive out of that um you know when it comes to life insurance he did once ask about collecting his father's life insurance policy but uh it wouldn't explain all the siblings being killed i mean i know like they're maybe... tropes so i don't want to blame one of these things but i could see in today's world it'd be very easy to find buzzwords and very easy to find tropes for him of he was an outcast or he was doing drugs or he was hanging out with the wrong crowd or he disrespected mm -hmm. his family or they you know he was just he just had enough pent-up rage and was over dealing with his dad but then he realized he had to get rid of everybody else after he got rid of his dad like i mean i i don't think i don't know if any of those would have been contributing factors but i know they would have been considered today mm -hmm. i feel like mm -hmm. he um that just seems so like hard to, like i mean I'm not here to diagnose anyone. I do. I would wonder if he had, I haven't really looked into it. I will, but if he's been diagnosed with like any sort of mental health issues or just even psychopathy, because yeah, like the leap from saying one week to your friend, I'm so proud of my brother and his baseball career. He's going to do yeah, great. And I, I'm so proud of him. And then a week later, shooting him in the head and shooting your sister while she's like cowering in fear. Could he like, it's just such a stretch, but I guess for somebody, and I'm not saying he is psychopathic. I have no idea. Um, but for somebody like that, it could make more sense why he'd be like, well, it was uh, the just only a collateral thing damage. Think, you know, the only thing I can think of is like his, I mean, the only thing I would first choose out of like the list of like you know the reasons he could have done it is just that if he really had these incredibly violent outbursts maybe like could he have been like drunk or or high on something and like that plus the outburst caused some i mean he had but access it's almost like to they were all right asleep so like where was the outburst from you know what i mean like it was like it wasn't like in the heat of a passionate like, argument or fight with his parents yeah, you know like true. they were all asleep which is weird but you're right like if drugs were involved it could have been heightened heightened outburst on top of a normal outburst or yeah i, I don't know but I, I i do know if he had his own collection of guns that he had access to i mean he could have just like come up with a scenario in his head or if he was if he was on something i don't know if he was and it could not be this at all but i mean i would i would wonder like did he was he tripping on something and he thought they mm -hmm. were in a fight earlier and then he freaked out and he just like had a gun next to him and he went, oh, well, that'll do. Yeah, like, I, I guess I don't know. We don't know what happened the night before. Maybe there was a big falling out and he was just like mulling it over and over. Right. You know, yeah. maybe he or built maybe he up. heard something about his parents and then he came home and was I mean, it could be anything, I guess. Yeah. And so it's frustrating because it's like he's given all these like reasons like the devil made me do it and like um, uh, a mobster named. F a pasta f f whatever <laughs> rotini made me do it and it's like okay but why like why did right. you do it like i feel like there's no like real or was it like was he trying to get if he's talking about how he, he had mafia connections like which i don't totally believe but if that was the case was this like an initiation or something like what mm. and then they were like never mind we don't want you <laughs> right like you're it's actually you're causing a bit of a uh 
problem for us press wise. Yeah, this um, is becoming a Hollywood blockbuster that we didn't sign up for, and um, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel it's like just, it's it's just it bizarre. could be so many things or nothing at all. It's just... and again, like if he if he is if he is psychopathic and does not feel emotion or or like empathy towards people then you could probably explain like oh it was an inconvenience he didn't want to take care of his siblings he figured why not get rid of all of them you know what i mean like that kind of yeah. thinking does happen if you don't have empathy and i'm not you know i don't know if he's been diagnosed or, as that but and i yeah I don't, we don't know anything about his diagnosis but just in the world of theories like maybe if he did have something going on maybe he also maybe he really did think the devil made him do it for all you know like maybe he maybe he was tripping like you said and then or maybe he he had like a psychotic break and he really saw a demon or something and the demon was telling him to do things like i mean we don't we have no idea there's so many empty like just blank spaces that we're never gonna really know and um it's very frustrating to me um Mm -hmm. but you know there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, um, so a year after the murders, another family moved into the house named the. Do you remember? Oh. Um, Lutz. The Lutz family. Yes. I, I only asked because when I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, what was their name? And you said the Lutz family. And I went, yeah, that's really. I don't know why I remember that, but it's a very memorable name. The <laughs> well, Lutz 300 family. episodes later, I'm still able to pull that off. So <laughs> That's actually kind of incredible, Em. Thank That's you. what I thought. I was like, for some reason, I think Em will remember this. Um, so the Lutz family moves into the house, and they were there for only 28, 29 days, uh, less than a month, which in episode four, you said, unless it's February. And I said, well, it was December, but yep, <laughs> unless it's February. I tried. Hey, you know... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was still very practicing funny. my banter. It was good. It was good. I shut you down. Um, so they moved in and fleed within a month, and they claimed that the house was violently haunted. And as we know, their story was adapted into books and movies and became so notorious that it was, you know, it kind of overshadowed the actual real horror that happened there, like the actual mm-hmm. multi murder of children, you know. Right. And so, uh, Ronald was resentful of all these stories coming out, this Hollywood thing. And he said, quote, I guess the Amityville horror really is supposed to be me because I'm the one that got convicted of killing my family. I'm the one who I'm the one they say who did it. I'm the one that's supposed to be possessed by the devil. And so he kind of has grown to resent this storyline, even though I feel like it has just added sympathy toward him about being possessed by the devil. But whatever. Anyway, although many people consider to have debunked the Amityville haunting, um, of course, it continues to compel people to this day. And it's almost like the real life horrors of it have become like an afterthought to the story. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of people were murdered here and now it's full of demons. And it's like, wait, wait, go back to the. I wonder if it's because like girl math, I feel like it's because the story that everyone hears is that the devil or a demon made him do it or he was possessed. So there was in it sounds like there was already ghosts and then after him there were ghosts. So there's two ghost situations and only one murder. So it just becomes it just yes. seems more haunted than the than umbrella crime. story is like the demon the violent yes like it's exactly bookended the crime is and bookended I, yeah. with ghosts. And I also think it's easier for people to swallow the story of someone just murdering their four baby siblings in cold blood and their parents. Probably easier for most people to swallow by convincing you know being convinced that yeah. it was a 
demonic force. It was Satanists. It was the devil. So, you know, something and, out of his control. And there's no way human beings could do that. Yeah. No human could do that to their younger siblings. Exactly. I feel like that might, must be part of it as well. And that's probably why this was so compelling is like, holy shit, how could anyone do that? It must be demonic mm-hmm. forces um so you know this of course has become such a notorious story that it made the cut for episode four top f- first five i was gonna say top five episodes first five episodes certainly not the top five episodes of our podcast and uh and covered it and so you should well i was gonna say you should go listen but maybe don't guys maybe don't um mm. M did a great job i just am embarrassed by my I don't think I did that. If I did it today, I think I'd have a lot more or less information. But also, did we cover it? I didn't cover it in our book. So, oh. No, I don't think I did. I think you might have. I think for New York, maybe? Maybe for New York. I literally have it right here for some reason. Let me see. Um, Do we have a... Oh, New York. Here we go. New York is page 11. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. You did the Ghosts of Broadway. Oh. Why did I think you did it? I don't know. I feel like I did. I feel like maybe I mentioned it somewhere in the book. Oh, probably. You probably said my dad lives next to the... There's a QR code or something to the episode. Next to the... um... (laughs) You are funny. I'm reading this nice little... Why? uh, I don't know. Let's see. Christine covered Nexium at the live show. I covered Dear David. Oh, and that light bulb exploded above your head at the Gramercy. Um. My favorite, you wrote, my favorite parts of the night were when Lisa Lampanelli came to support us and when my girlfriend sent us good luck cookies. Um, and I talk about Kremit. So that sounds right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what you have to look forward to if you buy our book. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Wow. Go buy our book, I guess. Um, I don't even see Amityville in like the places to check out. I don't know. I, well, I think I because know. it was... Um, Long Island and not the city. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, uh, anyway, so it is not famous enough to reach our book, but it is famous (laughs) enough to be in episode four of this podcast. Um, (laughs) But Em did a very good job of the ghost part, which I'm not really covering today because I wanted to focus on the murders. But if you want to go hear the ghosts, Em does a great job of that. And there's a photo that you showed me back then that is still seared into my memory of the little kid. Mm -hmm. And we put that on our Instagram. I mean, again, this was... 2017 so like it's a long scroll probably to get back there but i mean it's a long scroll on spotify too if you're gonna go listen to the episode well no you can do the nice filter where it says sort by oldest episode one uh but yeah if you want to check that maybe we'll repost it just for funsies yeah like that just on instagram wow okay wait we're gonna post it on instagram and if you were there for the original posting can you comment there's probably not many people it will but be can you our comment, mothers like, this is the second <laughs> your cousin and our moms uh <laughs> like this is the second time i've seen this post i don't know maybe that's yeah weird. it'll okay. be allison and our moms and that's it well that'll be nice anyway okay i'd yeah, like the yeah. support of those three um <sighs> anyway so the owners of the house have since changed well it's gone through many hands since then but mm-hmm. uh the address has changed um of course this has been leaked a bajillion times it's like probably the most doxed house on the internet mm-hmm. um and of course they can't move the ho- you know it's going to be there whether it's 112 ocean avenue or not i think it's probably one of those places that if you move in you're you, you know have to be prepared for you really you really have to be prepared yeah exactly and i can't imagine you would buy it without knowing what the fuck yeah. is going on yeah <laughs> although um, I, I also wonder like i feel like a lot of houses now that have haunted histories i feel like the new families that move in 
they say like oh it, we've it's we've literally never had activity i don't know what you're talking about i feel like they almost get trapped where they have to say that and now they can't ask for help because if they say it actually is haunted then they're just going to get phone calls out the wazoo about yeah, but then they that... got to make a tiktok or like a yep you know instagram page and then they can get famous <laughs> just what every Wild. family wants <laughs> if you want to be viral just move in it's fine just it'll go figure viral <laughs> listen it's not the first time em and i've heard of a haunted property and been like should we buy that um we we, have, when the but... conjuring house went up we oh that's right we really we didn't like we have like a full it. sit down but we did have like a minute where we were like that could be our studio we that were like hey studio. i have one more glass of wine and like let's fucking buy it and you were like okay don't drink another yeah, christine really this. was about two sips away from just pressing was, buy now versus like as if it was an amazon purchase yeah buy now <laughs> one click purchase i um and the funny thing was it was up for like over a million dollars and i'm over here like let's buy it and it's then, like we can uh, do you know, it we can do it we could like, we did it last time with our with our 200 dollars microphones we we found it <laughs> we found the coins in our couch we can do it again and of course like looking back well first of all no we cannot afford that everyone don't worry but second of all uh looking back now and listening to that episode where i'm like man houses like a starter home is like three hundred thousand dollars and then like now that house is probably cheaper buy a two million dollar conjuring house for fun because i'm drinking (laughs) and it's like no 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 no. the tables have turned mentally for me but not in reality (laughs) anyway (laughs) they're constantly getting worse sometimes i go on zillow and i'm like it's only nine million dollars i know we'll figure it out your brain gets so fucked up where you're like relatively like things don't i don't know there are times where i've shown allison in like a 12 million dollar (laughs) house And I'm like, what well, do you think? LA. And she's like, what do I think? What do I think? <laughs> like, I think close the fucking tab. That's what I, I think. I think, like, delete all the zeros afterward. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if only we knew, like, how bad. But look, now I own my own home. Um, at least not in L.A. It's in Kentucky. But, you know. Uh, we, you, you've we made feel, the changes like you had to make to make it work. Yeah, so, yeah. We've come pretty far. I feel very um, happy that, you know, it's just also very uh, nostalgic to listen to episode four. And it was one of those days where I just thought... I needed this little like pick me up of listening to young Emma and Christine and their bullshit, you know, yeah. um, and probably saying like non PC things and all, all sorts of uh, cringe worthy moments. Um, but oh, I do want to say one update too, which obviously had not happened when we recorded the original, but uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. has since died in prison in 2021. Um, and oh, he was okay. only 69 years old. So, Isn't you know, it, like, it makes... that's another thing that like, I really need to re-estimate my, like, how time works for me because it feels so long ago. But to know that Ronald DeFeo, like, experienced COVID with us, like. I know. I know. it. Like, I feel like he he was it gone. It puts a different perspective on it. I totally yeah. agree. It's like, oh, Wild. maybe he died of COVID. I mean, I don't know what he died of, but, like, but it's just a crazy th- You never know. Thought. Yeah. 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 Um, the official. Oh not been released to the public okay thought i would check just in case but yeah and i mean i remember that documentary that you told me about way back when and i watched that before you because you had said there's this documentary called like my amityville horror i think which was like his side oh of the yeah story. it was like the kid who one of the kids who uh lived through the house he has his own demons <laughs> he seems like a <laughs> It seems like he's got some stuff going on, but, uh, yeah, I don't really know, but the, well, and then there was a whole thing with the Warrens who got involved and then they got all complicated because they're kind of fucked up. So it feels like it was just such a mess of a story. 
even I, I will still recommend it was like it, what was it called? My Amityville story. My Amityville horror. Um, yeah, it was. I don't know how much of it I believe. I believe he believes it. Like I, that's almost like, what's really interesting about it. And like, I would recommend watching that. And then watching, I watched a couple documentaries about, I watched some more, one that came out, I think after he passed in 2021 on discovery plus. So if you just search Amityville, there are like several options, but so seeing my Amityville horror and then watching the other ones, you're like, Oh, he didn't touch on X, Y, and Z or yeah. his gun collection or his this, that, and the other. Yeah, um, I actually, I thank you for bringing that back to my out of the folds of my brain. I might actually watch that tonight. I, I, was, yeah, I remember it being good, even if I like. I feel like the the only reason I hold back because usually I'm so pro ghost is like I am also aware that like when that guy who's in charge of the documentary or he's like narrating what happened to him. I know he was also a little kid, so maybe his story is skewed in some way. It's so hard to... I don't yeah, know it's... what's real and what's not, and so, like, I try to take it with a grain of salt, but it's still scary. Like, even if, like, the things that he's saying, if they're, like, they were bigger in his head then... Yeah. Or if yeah, they really happened. Point. I mean, if they really happened, that was... Fuck, it's and, fucking And to scary. be honest, like, what is a house like, with a six-person murder, like, just in innocent children getting murdered, like... Your brain's gotta come up with shit. I was gonna say no, if that's if if someone tells me that place is haunted, I'm like, yeah, most likely. Like, I don't doubt yeah. that a place is haunted. Maybe not because demons made him kill his family, but maybe like, I don't know. It can't be like a good energy, right? Like, yeah. oh, and apparently when the Lutzes bought the house, which we never really touched on before, is they bought it with all the furniture still, and the mattresses Ooh. were removed, but the bed frames were all the same. So, so the like, kids were sleeping. The in kids were sleeping. That- People in had been the bed in. frames on new mattresses in the same beds as the children. That really, I mean, we've talked about this before too, but like, how, where is Stone the line theory? between like, like, is there, oh, oh, I you, see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. would you wear a shirt that a murderer wore or would you, like, things like that where it's like, at some point, it's where the, okay, like, but at some point, you know what I mean? Like at some point, like it's, is it okay it's to move into a house where this happened? Sure, but is it okay to sleep on the beds? No, but why? Like, like and there's that some line? really practical people who don't have, who don't feel like energy connections to things, and they can be like, "What? It's a bed frame. I'm not going to get rid of a good. It's bed a perfectly frame. good bed frame. That's every like, dad ever. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> in my head, I'm like a soul ended there, or like a soul a, was a baby who was taken out of a body bed on this, and it's like, well, why is that any different than a new bed there? I don't know, but in my head, it feels different. You know, it feels totally like, different. It's like, or I honestly like, I would have to repurpose the entire room. Of like, I can't sleep in a room where two deaths happened. You know, like it would really be trouble, and and you'd have to be one of those people who's like, I don't believe in that to like feel totally comfortable. You know, unless you're which, a like full on thrill seeking enthusiast with ghosts, that, right? Unless there's no in between either you have to be zach bagans or you have to be (laughs) blaze like you have (laughs) those are the two ends of the spectrum and with that (laughs) here are my arms again okay everybody i don't know what what a great tell you what a great way to end this what a segue well Uh, and that's why we drink folks (laughs) we we drink because of those two stories and christine's shoulders the reason we or the way we ended episode four was we went okay ready set go and we said and that's why we drink at the same time. And I was like, that's almost stupider than how we do it now. Because <laughs> we have to like time our like one, two, three, go. It's like, why do we do that? We, But at least back then we were 
in the same room so it that's true okay that's true the lag makes it hard that's true the lag makes it hard yeah we'll never know how to end it but honestly at this point if we knew how to how to it would probably be a little too clean and polished for people it so. would be people would be like something's up so it's not my uh podcast catcher or whatever it's not my yeah. podcast player it's i like it it's a them. little it's a you know we stumble through it it's a little it's like know, when i'm saying goodbye clumsy. at a party and i get this is why I irish goodbye because i get like nervous when i'm talking and i'm saying goodbye and then i'm suddenly like what a beautiful chandelier and they're like i thought you were leaving and i'm like i don't know how to say goodbye and leave like i'm just making it weird and i'm drawing out the goodbye it's Nobody like wants you're it. pulling teeth to so yeah, leave your like, own you situation <laughs> next anyway. time you're saying goodbye and you comment on something i'm gonna go goodbye christine and just close the door on you. <laughs> just leave we're gonna close the door for you okay yeah well oh. my so every now and then my mom i feel so bad about it because it's like so bitchy but at the same time there are a lot of times when my mom will call and i just hang up in the middle of her sentence because like i oh just it just keeps going and i'm like we've said bye like 20 times goodbye and so like as as i've tried to teach people and i hope everybody remembers but if you are on a phone call and you hit don't hang up but if you well do hang up but if you hit the airplane mode emoji or yes. not emoji the airplane oh, mode lost, it'll say lost. call ended or call failed it'll say oh. call failed and so it'll look like there was an error in the phone lines or whatever uh but really you're really you telling on said, yourself because next time that happens between us i'm gonna screenshot it and go what the fuck what the fuck did you do <laughs> i do that sometimes when i'm really stressed out and i'm scared <laughs> and then i just hit the airplane well so- you're not alone because my mom also can't say goodbye she every single i, I think like how you're like but i'm some... gonna hang up because i want her to know that i'm hanging up and it's not an error with if i don't lines. do it it will never end i'd still be on a phone <laughs> call from eight years ago like the she... good thing too is if you hit airplane mode then they, like they can't call you back until you turn it off <laughs> you know what i mean it's honestly a win 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 well she um she doesn't know how to end a phone call but she also clearly has this weird guilt if she hangs up that like someone Uh, is disappointed that the phone calls over and so she can't end until she's already (laughs) scheduled a new phone call with you and but it's never like oh get your calendar out when are you free she just frantically screams a time at you after she's already said goodbye five times she'll go okay i love you goodbye oh wait one more thing okay goodbye oh one more thing okay i'll call you at eight o'clock on thursday and then and the voice is just getting farther and farther from the phone but it's like she's still somehow shouting through the she's just like i'm like girl i'll get you when i get you like i don't need i really i don't care like and she she keep anyway i just hang up i'm like I'm like so now we're your mom click. and we just won't hang up the phone. <laughs> we won't let these poor listeners free. We won't set them free. Oh yeah, you're right. We're very Michael Scotting this. Okay, so we'll go. We should say, and that's why we drank at the same time, right? That's how it went oh, on sure. episode we can four. Try it. Um, and uh, Jack, our editor, if it doesn't line up, can you just leave it how it is? Because it'll be funnier. <laughs> it will be funnier if it's bad. So, one, let's two, try. three, and that's why we and drink. That's why we drink. It, it sounded good. like the problem is on my end it sounded perfectly in sync but i'm sure on your end it didn't <laughs> it didn't the the my words and your words didn't even touch on my end oh excellent so. well we'll see we'll see what happens when it comes out okay and that oh wait what <laughs> i don't know i don't know that's why we drink <laughs> the end bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.